you could go to jail. This girl is 16 years old. So am I. Jerry, what's wrong? This punk was trying to rape our daughter. Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 137 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the stepfather moods. Yeah. And of course, I've always got my two stepchildren in the house with me. We got Jeremy the Jew, and of course we got JP the Mexican asshole. And apparently I have no boundaries to who I sleep with. If you guys are my stepchildren. Yeah. What's going on, guys? (laughs) Sleep with Jews, Mexicans. Stepfather moods. Stepfather moods. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. It does actually make sense though, because I'm, you know, I'm a little bit older. Not old well, that cop thought you were my daddy, so that's okay. Oh, dude, that is actually pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That shit's true. Well, you know, that was a good story. so I think, um, well, you were born in '91, right, JP? So I'm 11 years yep. older than you, and that's actually kind of interesting because uh, Jill Sholin, who plays a 16 year old in the in the first Stepfather film, see, she, I was going to talk about that when yeah. we were going to be. Is it is it immorally wrong? to see somebody's tits when they're playing a character under 18, even though they're above you the age of 18. It off, all, Dude, you don't see it often. You know, it's funny. That, like in this movie, I, you see your tits. I was like, but she's only supposed to be 15. Why am I looking 16. at her tits even though she's... Whatever. It's the same but, shit. But you know what's funny, Jeremy? I literally have the exact same thing written down. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that too. But, but I was just actually talking about the cast. You know, Jill Sholin, who plays a 16-year-old, is actually 23 in the movie. And uh, uh, Terry O'Quinn, I think, was only 35 at the time of the movie was made. And her mom in the film was like 39. So the age, like the ages didn't even make sense, really, you know, in reality, because he was he was 11 years older and 13 years older or something like that, their parents were. So, yeah. So it's kind of yeah. relevant to us. Very, very similar, I guess. Hey, you didn't see To the Devil, A Daughter in 76. Mm-hmm. You it, you want to be uncomfortable? <laughs> Isn't that girl that. underage? That girl is yeah, like what twelve or something? <laughs> or no, 14, no, no, or she's not. She's like fourteen or something. Yeah. But she's naked and yeah, no, like literally fourteen in real life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that you just can't do in filmmaking today, right? But I've seen fourteen-year-old tits before, so not yeah. A big when deal. I was fourteen, <laughs> it's not the point. It's just the purpose of the conversation about is it morally wrong. No. But I, you know, it's interesting. I, for some reason, I absolutely knew that was going to get brought up because yeah. I was thinking the same thing. And it's it's kind of interesting the way they do it in the film too, because like there's no nudity throughout the whole film. It's like right, you know, at the start of the third act kind of thing, and all of a sudden she's, you know, you get to see her ass and tits, and you're like, what the fuck? It's supposed to be a sixteen hey, year old. Is this wrong? But hey, moods. Yeah. Hey, moods. Yo. Happy Father's Day. Yes. Yeah. Happy now you're. Now you could say that. 
<laughs> uh, that is true. I am a father of three. I'm proud to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Father's Day at the time of us recording this, and it was not planned. Yeah, very, very odd. I don't know how all three of us overlooked this, but um, this is a Patreon show, by the way. Yep, from the guy who fucking gave us Hellraiser. That's right. My so, amazing yeah, he memory. paid for Hellraiser twice. Yeah, so this is a Patreon <laughs> yeah. show, and we just kind of planned it out. This is the time that we could record it, and it turns out that we're doing the Stepfather franchise and recording actually on Father's Day. That's and it weird, was not planned at all. 100% We just realized planned. it a little bit ago. <laughs> yeah, like, totally random, but that works out, man. That works out. And, of course, I'm rocking my Mother's Day shirt, you know. Gotta say I'm that, it's kind of funny. Well, there's no Father's Day shirt, so I guess you have to rock the next best thing. They never made. I'm sure, there is a Father's Day shirt somewhere. Probably get some of those Father's Day shirts. It'd be cool. Oh yeah, there is a phone call Father's Day. I forgot about that. Yeah, man. Troma. Astron. Astron Six, man. That's some good shit. So, what is new? What the fuck is going on, man? It's been. It's like a normal episode for like. I haven't yeah. done one of these in a while. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been a month, I think, since the top 10 in 1976. Yeah, but that wasn't show. even a normal episode, though. No, no. It's been a while since we've done a relatively normal episode. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I always kind of consider franchises to be not the norm because we do a lot more standard episodes than franchises. But yeah, I'm always a big fan of doing these shows. They're, they're very easy to prep for. You know, it's just I don't really know mm-hmm. what that means. But but this is a small yeah, one. It's four films. It's four films. Very quick. Um, actually, I shouldn't even say. I mean, the last two films in this franchise are actually kind of long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the same they feel long too. They're each a hundred uh, hour and forty one minutes. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like totally ridiculous. But. Especially the third one. Yeah. Yeah. It drags. So, what have you guys been up to? Oh same man, same old. Been chilling like a villain, man. You know. I had a very interesting thing happen to me last oh, week. Go. I got me I gotta, too. I got to tell the story at the same time. I know it's so bizarre, and you know, it, surprisingly, this has never not anything like this has never happened to me. But um, I was actually on lunch, and I go home for lunch, so from work, and I was checking the mail, and this car pulled up behind me. Didn't think anything of it, right? Kind of busted you to you know go back to work, and uh, as I was pulling away, I hear this voice screaming at me like, "Hey, moods, moods," and I was like, "What?" Right? And he's like, hey, your mood's from YouTube, right? And I was like, yeah? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I saw it on your license plate there. And he's like, oh, I'm a big fan of your channel. And this guy came flying across the road and, you know, to give me some slaps and throw me some skin and shit. And he's like, man, I love your channel, man. He's like, you live around here? And I'm like, yeah, I live right there. And, of course, naturally, I went back to my house to check my alarm to make sure that shit was sent <laughs> after this, you know. Yeah, because you're going to come in like Gary and just put it right in your butthole. <laughs> it was like, it was so random, but he was... I mean, I was a little bit shocked, too, because I'd never seen this guy before, and apparently he lives on the street just just adjacent to me, and I'd yeah. never even seen him before, and he had no idea I lived in this town, because I don't think I ever say the name of the city I live in, but... So that was just a very odd experience, but this guy was a mm-hmm. little bit giddy, man. It was pretty funny. Well, <laughs> I, was I, just, like, I had the same experience, too. Yeah. First time ever. Somebody was like, oh, I was out with my buddy, DVD hunting, and... You have a buddy? I have a buddy from film school that yeah, likes DVDs, yes. Yeah, my mom. But anyway, <laughs> fuck you guys. I was, out, <laughs> I was out hunting, and I was in the shop, and this guy had um, a manual and the last cannibal in his hand. I was like, oh, I started talking to him about that movie, and he's like, oh, yeah, 
you're from YouTube, aren't you? I think I saw you on the sidebar of Moods' videos one time. I was like, fucking, of course, Moods. Everything is about fucking Moods all the fucking time. Moods, 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 Moods. Moods and the fucking celebrity Moods. Oh, but hey, I got, I got recognized. I, I have yet to be recognized anywhere for anything. Yeah. The closest thing was the Shroyers. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, you hang out with those guys in real life. Yeah, but they, they, I guess, well, I mean, yeah, I I guess that's technically one of them, right? Like they, they listened to the podcast and they heard me say where I was from at some point and they're like, holy shit, I'm like right there. And then we met up outside in the real world. Yep. Yeah, I hung out with him a couple times. And then you found out how fucking crazy Andrew is, and you're like, okay, you don't have to be friends anymore. <laughs> he 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 made some more insane comments this week about retarded movies. Oh man. Does does he seem does he legitimately forget sometimes that he his favorite era of films is floating heads era? I understand. <laughs> like, I like I understand that, but some things that he says just like I don't know. I can't take him seriously when he says his favorite film this year is breaking in and and things Did he like say that? that? Yeah. I thought it was uh, Wish, or not Wish, uh, Truth or Dare. I know he said, I maybe I'm wrong. Well, I know, I know he, what I know it's going to be in 2019, though. I know what it's going to yeah. be in 2019. It's going to be Death Day 2. Part Dukes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. See, the thing with Andrew, though. Anticlimactic. And I think this is fair to point out and important is he often will admit that movies are better than others. Like he might like the Chloe Grace Moretz film the most, but I think he gives a fair shake and says that the original's better. So, I mean, it really is that like everybody constantly says like, Oh, it's just opinion. It's opinion. Like people are a lot entitled to their opinion. So, but Andrew gets a lot of hate for his, <laughs> although we all sort of stress the fact that I think it's, it's because his opinions are so, tastes. they're just so, asinine sometimes <laughs> you know it's like you can't help but like whoa like i mean a lot of times people say shit and i'm just like oh whatever you know that's your opinion i don't like this it's movie. only like him this. it's literally only but, and don and Ellie a little bit don and Ellie, yeah when <laughs> he gave a, when he gave jersey short shark attack a nine out of ten i literally almost lost See, my that, shit that's exactly what i'm talking about like that's the type of shit that gets my attention and goes and it makes me go really nine out of like what yeah. how, how could you do that right so you have to question <laughs> a little bit because generally i mean I mean, what, what was that? We, what was that? Really the Yankee film that he gave a fucking nine out of ten. That was absolutely ass. That last one that we that we reviewed. Oh, in Italian horror. Yeah, what was the name of that? Film? I can't even remember. See, nobody knows because it, it wasn't ass. that macabre one. Macabre one was it? Or no, no. It was no. Uh, I was um. Fuck! What was the name of it? I'm Dude, gonna find out. I am totally having a brain fart right now. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> Massacre. No. Oh yeah, that's, the mass, that's, that's right. That's right. That because yeah, that was. He didn't give that a nine, did he? Yes, he did. That movie was he, a mess. He gave it a nine. <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> that crazy. Sucks. But yeah, you know, I, it's, it's things like that that definitely get my attention. I mean, you can't help but say something, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's actually kind of fun to you know to go back and forth with Andrew because he just you know just when you think he's not going to one up his last comment, he does it. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, oh my god! I mean, we were we were hanging I mean, out. Saying, and he bought, uh, <laughs> saying that, saying that that Truth or Dare is 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 a better movie than Happy Death Day. I mean, they're both not good. But that's as stupid as it is already. Yeah, yeah, I like Happy Death Day more. Yeah, Andrew, we're not picking uh, on you, man. We love you. Yeah, we are. 
Andrew bought <laughs> the Scream 1 and 2 soundtrack on vinyl when we were hanging out the other day. What are those I was like, do you have for? a record player? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> those fucking expensive if they're new. It was uh, actually no, dude. It was crazy. Like for some reason, it was like ten bucks or something nuts like that. Oh, wow. Um, but it was listed way more. But for whatever reason, uh, when it actually rang up, it was like ten bucks or something. He's like, oh, they're probably like, oh, nobody's gonna buy this shit, so let's just give it for ten bucks. Yeah, getting. I was trying to tell him. Like I was pulling out all these other ones. I'm like, but this soundtrack is better. And he's like, no, 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 no. It was like Hellraiser. I'm like, Hellraiser is definitely a better score. Should have gave him the Stepfather soundtrack. That's a good soundtrack. Nice synth. Mm. Yeah, like this. Oh, I have a story, kind of. So, I went and seen Hereditary. Oh, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) This was. Oh man, it was. I. I feel like I've exhausted my conversation on this because I've told a few people now, but the listeners haven't really heard. Yeah. So, it was. It was okay at first, you know. It was. It was pretty packed. Not super packed. Uh, and w- we ended up going in a little late and, and for some reason, Andrew's like, we were like, well, where do you want to sit? Cause there was a big group of us this time. And Andrew's like, I usually sit in the first row and I'm like, huh? <laughs> so we did it. Cause <laughs> Wait, that was like what? the only this empty mofo row. sits in the first fucking row. Yeah. My neck was like, maybe as soon as I sat down, I was like, this row is that is fucking painful neck has gone to his brain and made him stupid. That's insane. I was like, who sits in the front row? I was like, this was a bad choice. As soon as I sat down, I was like, but you know, honestly, after about 15 minutes, I got used to it and it didn't bother me. But at first I was like, this is just too much. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, watching, watching hereditary and, and it's, it's all good. There's some kids that are in the row behind us. Um, I would probably honestly say about 10 of them. And they're like saying things and commenting and laughing at stuff that's not funny and stuff. But it it wasn't too bad, you know. It's just like, oh, th- this is like, you know, kids do that. You expect that, whatever. Um, but as the movie went on, probably about the forty five minute range, they started getting louder and more obnoxious and like commenting on way too much things and literally talking at certain points. And and it wasn't just like, you know, it, you know, because there was ten of them, it was like this long line, and there's like multiple conversations in the group from different members of the group like you know two or three um little factions there and it was really getting all my nerves and as the movie progressed i started getting more and more annoyed and nobody was saying anything nothing was you know nobody was calling them out and it it got to the point where the movie was actually getting like very intense and and spooky and they they they're just constantly commenting on things and i got to the point where i was like will you guys shut the fuck up and uh they all looked around like what what is he talking to us like yeah dude i'm talking to you fucks that are talking behind me (laughs) um and uh you know a couple minutes go by they start up again and i say it louder and i'm like will you guys shut up and uh you know, they, they all stop for a second and then they start up again. And I'm looking around at the like adults that are filled in the theater behind them. And I'm like, why is nobody saying anything? (laughs) You know, like I expect it when I say something, if everybody's like, yeah, then I, I imagine. I mean, and, uh, these kids are are literally, I thought they were older than they actually were because it was dark. I couldn't see them. They looked about 12, but (laughs) <laughs> they were definitely not 12 
They were more like 15. Because you sure it wasn't point, Jeremy say, sitting behind you? Yeah, it looked like I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, I say, would you shut the fuck up again? And this dude right behind me who was with them, he was on the end, said, hey, you can't tell 15-year-olds to shut the fuck up or something. And I'm, I'm like, dude, if there is one – because he said in a theater or something. I was like, if there's one place I can tell people to shut up, it is in a theater. Right? Like that's, that's a free pass of telling people to shut up. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I was just, and then he, when he said that Carly like flipped out, <laughs> she said, she started cussing and saying, I don't even know what she said, but she like flipped out. I was like, finally, somebody backed me up. Um, but nope, th- that didn't do anything. They continued to talk for the rest of the movie and almost ruined the movie experience because the movie was really good. Uh, but the most intense parts, the best parts they had to comment, like there's a, there's a little male nudity in it. And they're all like, "Oh, I didn't need to see that!" Like, like, oh, it's like come you probably should have watched Lord of the Sailor. Like full on commentary behind you, man. Oh, yeah, and dude. and I'm I'm looking around at the end of it. I, I was like, you know, pissed off. I was talking shit, and that none of them are looking at me. They're all walking out, and I see that they, their mom or whoever their chaperone, because I was wondering, I was like, how the fuck did these kids even get in here? You know, yeah, because it's an R-rated movie. That's what I was thinking, and uh, how the hell they did were you get into I an did. R-rated movie when you fucking got in? They, they, well, I mean, I, I would always get the, I would just find somebody in a lobby to pretend to be yeah, my exactly. dad or whatever. Like one time I, I went to see Friday the 13th and, and this black couple, uh, took me under their wing and I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, it, it was, it was really annoying. I seen that they had their chaperone mom that was like two rows up above them and she never said anything the entire time. And I've come to the conclusion that, for now on, if that happens again, because this is in the same theater where it happened before with the strangers, this is a bad theater. It's actually it's actually a shitty town. Um, it's actually close to where Austin and Andrew live. Like not too, they're closer than oh, I that am. That explains it. Yeah, well, they live in a shitty town too. Um, but the movie theater in their town actually shut down, so this is like the next one closest to them. Uh, and next time i'm just gonna go straight up out to the thing and be like yo there's a bunch of bitches back there talking can you kick them out or tell them to shut up or something and i remember when i was younger there would be a person that sat and watched the movie and they would literally like pay attention and come down and tell you to be quiet or like if your feet are up on the seats they tell you to put them down they don't do that anymore apparently um so maybe they can't afford to do that or whatever but yeah it, it was it was honestly one of the worst it was the worst movie going experience I've ever had, and worse than and the Strangers. Was wow. Yeah, it was worse than Strangers, I think, because it actually got verbal, and I started. Yeah, I was like, I'm about to knock out eight, seventeen, fifteen year olds. You know, <laughs> going to go to jail tonight. I was so annoyed, and uh, yeah, they. You know what, man? I was super pissed at all the other adults in there who are pussies. They're literally pussies. They're looking yeah, because like, because all them fucking bitches in there are thinking the same thing, like. Is someone going to tell yeah, these kids to shut the want fuck them up? Yeah, they be quiet, but nobody wants to speak up about That's, it. They're all Pussies. thinking, they're just like, is someone not going to tell these kids to shut the fuck up? They and all must be relatives. And then when you do it, nobody backs you up. That's bullshit. Yeah, but next time I'm just telling on them. I hate to be that guy, but it doesn't work if you just tell them to shut up. Man, that is... That sucks, man, because, you know, you pay... I mean, I guess you're using your movie pass. Well, too. that was yeah, the big saving grace, right? Yeah. I was like, if I actually paid for this movie, I would be way more mad right now. And that that's exactly it. I mean, these kids not watch the fucking commercials before the film start. 
Well, not even this. Literally, this is like commercials not the movie that tell to you do that. to this shut like the fuck up. I mean, listen, I get it. You're a kid. You want to impress your friends or you know be funny or the cool yeah, guy or whatever. It was I get it. I get it. Fuck. But but there's a level to where it's acceptable, and they greatly surpassed that level. Yeah, you can do all that shit during the trailers, you know, and all that fucking bull. Nobody cares. But when the film comes on, there's literally commercials beforehand that's you know express. Shut the fuck up. Cell phones off. Be quiet in the theater. Have respect for other people around you. Pieces of shit. That's what those reclining chairs do, bro. Also, this theater is the like the worst one in terms of seats. Like the stadium seats are like I love stadium seats, bro. These these seats they're not raised enough though. It's not on an incline enough. This place has literally had the same seats since I was a kid, man. I saw Amityville. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> remake there back in like 06 you know like this is this is this is place is beat up now you know it actually changed from a car mic to an amc a few years ago but they didn't replace all the seats jesus yeah nice well so yeah that that's my main story for the week that sucked <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that sounds pretty fuck. there's nothing worse than Especially, especially since the movie was so good too, right? I you had know, two dickheads like that when I went to see Scarface last week. And it's like it was it was me and these other two people and this one other guy, and they were fucking talking the entire fucking movie. And the movie is three hours long, and it was literally driving me fucking like, insane. Were they, were they talking about the movie? No, the, the uh, guy fucking obviously was obsessed with Scarface, so he was like re, like fucking saying the lines of. <laughs> the fucking movie and it's like shut the fuck up literally See, like, i've seen the I don't practice know, I, so many times that i know the lines of the movies that i'm not gonna say it out loud if i go and see it in the fucking theater it's like shut the hell up <laughs> i, I, I just think that seeing retro movies is a little bit different of an atmosphere i don't mind if people shout out stuff and you know get like because everybody's seen but them you know it's not that kind of crowd though i did that i understand I if it's like an if it's if I go to the music box, I expect that. But it's just it's just a regular 35th anniversary screening of the movie. Shut the fuck mm-hmm. up. You know, one of the coolest things that happened when I w- went and seen like a retro movie is when I went to the drive-in and seen um, the Tingler. And you know, in that movie, in the part in the movie, like classic William Castle, yeah. like you know, there's one loose in the theater right now like just scream scream and then like you're out in like the middle of the woods and there's like you hear all these screams from like different <laughs> sections of the, the of the drive-in it was, that, that was really cool i i like that that was fun everybody was, was like ah did you hear it i, un- like, I understand I, that i understand <laughs> that but i don't need to hear him say you know what i'm talking about your fucking cockroach and tony montana's voice it's not that fucking kind of movie it's scarface not fucking yeah. halloween shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> have a sip of your coke sit down and please just shut the fuck up I had up. to do it when I seen uh, Dazed and Confused on the big screen and when, when Slater's like chicky leader chicky leader <laughs> I, had to, I had to say it out loud man I've just seen it too many times but wow speaking of Scarface I don't understand why people love that movie as much as they do it's a classic it's, man too, I'm not saying it I didn't say it wasn't a classic you're too white to understand I didn't say it wasn't a classic that movie just has a few problems is all I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Scarface. I've seen it once or twice. I like it. Yeah. Not my favorite movie, though. Yeah. yeah. I can tell Moods probably loves it. it seems uh, like right you know what? I, you know, I do. I like the movie. It's not like one of my all-time favorites, though. I won't lie. Yeah. I mean, De Palma's done way better films than than that. 
Like mm-hmm. that that one's not even even remotely up there for me with in De Palma's filmography. I didn't even know De Palma had made that movie until you guys said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't. You need to see that documentary, bro. Yeah, yeah. that's a good documentary, man. I, I gotta pick it up. I, I watched it on Netflix, but I gotta get Fucking a copy. Fucking eight twenty four, yo. Yeah, it's good mm. shit, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's cool because it goes right through the whole history every of him. Like, I mean, right from before he made his first features, there's a bunch of stuff on that, and it goes through like every film, and it's every single one. Yeah, that's that's an amazing way of doing. Even it, like Snake Eyes, which is I haven't <laughs> yeah. seen the movie in a long time. Yeah, I, I, I've only ever seen it once, and I hated it. But yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Those type of movies can always get better, I guess, with time. I don't know. Does it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've never seen it, so yeah. Well. Since we all told our stories, I, we, I guess we might as well move on to some news here. Yeah, okay. Sure. Let's do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Uh, so first up here, a uh, little bit of, I guess, gaming news, since since we uh, don't really talk about that too much. Uh, as we know, E3 happened, well, I guess some of you would know, uh, E3 happened over the past week, and uh, they announced a couple games. One um, I'm really excited for, and that's the one I'll be talking about, is uh, Resident Evil 2. This is, a, this is a remake of the original Resident Evil 2. Uh, and it looks pretty dope. It, it, it's just, the gameplay it, it, is. It looks like it's changed. running. It looks like it's running on the Resident Evil Seven engine, but it's just it's Resident Evil Four style. But mm-hmm. like, I think all like the character models and everything like that is. Yeah, it, I would Resident probably Evil guess 7. that you're probably right about that. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the the gameplay, like the combat and stuff, is very Resident Evil Four ish. Um, and uh, the but the layout and the style of the game is very Resident Evil classic, like one and two, where, where it's you know puzzles and darkness. Hmm. They, they actually even greatly increase the darkness versus the original Resident Evil two, which is an interesting choice. But this is classic Resident Evil. Uh, this is where you know a lot of the fans came from was this kind of Resident Evil. So I'm really excited for it. It's supposed to come out. Um, when was it coming out, Jeremy? Uh, January 29th. Yeah, it's... Um, from what I'm reading, it's a timed exclusive, but it might just be an actual exclusive for the PS4. Yep. Uh, it doesn't have confirmation um, if it's a timed exclusive or not. Um, some people are saying it is. Some people are saying it isn't. Um, but yeah, that is pretty cool. They also announced The Last of Us 2. Looks awesome. <laughs> Um, I tried to play that the other day because I do have it on the PS4, and for whatever reason, it was like super glitchy when I was trying to play it. So I don't know if there was like an update or just like probably the best narrative game ever made. It's fucking huh. amazing. It's so good. It's pretty crazy. It's amazing. Um, really yeah, solid so stuff. You like Uncharted, so you're probably like those. I, games. I don't love Uncharted. I, it's okay. I think it's overrated, honestly. Yeah, I yeah. play sports games. Yep, we know. I do too. I play Madden <laughs> and NHL. I don't play baseball. That's I play a little bit hard. of fighting games with my kid, and he kicks the crap out of me too, man. I'm terrible at those <laughs> things. 
I don't know what it is about yeah. fighting games. There's just it's too like many you have buttons. to learn all the fucking button mashups and you know I've never combat. I've never been good. At I them. honestly just try to memorize what I'm doing. Like I I don't look at the the buttons and try to memorize everything. I'm just like fuck it. I'll just start pressing things and if it works, I'll just keep doing that. I'm terrible at those fucking things, man. Mm-hmm. But like I mean, really, there's like a thousand buttons for each move now. Yep, and you have to move the joystick in a certain direction yeah, and press like, these for one thing and move the joystick in another direction and press a button for that to work. And oh, yeah, he was kicking... We were playing Mortal Kombat, classic Mortal Kombat, and he was just kicking the shit out of me. I was like, this is fucking stupid. He's eight. <laughs> I'm like, how am I... <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I'm so bad. Oh, well. All right, so um, next up here, th- this news also involves gaming, so kind of segue into that. Uh, the Friday the 13th game, I've talked about it here before. Uh, it's a good game. It's fun. I haven't played it really since it was released. You know? Have they figured out all the kinks in that thing? Oh, like, it's done now, actually. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like they figured out the kinks in it. Yeah. So, basically, the game, one cool thing about it is they would constantly add new f- DLC, downloadable content. Yeah. Uh, they added um, like the character of Fox into the game. They added uh, a different, like they added the other versions of Jason, like Part Five Jason and the classic uh, Nintendo Jason from the original game, uh, yeah. which was pretty. It's like all purple and blue and stuff. Uh, and they they planned on adding like they added new maps. They plan on adding like Jason X and and the different Jasons and continue. I think they just added Shelly to the game as well from Friday Three. Uh, but because of the lawsuit that's going on, that, that is kind of like froze all Friday Thirteen things. They're actually forbidden to add any further development to the game uh, because of this lawsuit. And I believe Jeremy actually posted this. It actually breaks down the lawsuit. So I'm going to read that. But uh, So as we know, Victor Miller is um, kind of in a court case with the, I guess, My the Cunningham friend. team. Yeah, Sean S. Cunningham. Uh, <laughs> and over the rights to Friday the 13th, which, as we know, kind of stopped all future productions of Friday the 13th until this court case thing gets settled. But nobody really knew what it is you know so uh i feel like this article has like greatly i guess shown me what is actually going on in sort of layman's terms so uh this is um larry zerner who played shelly in the original friday the 13th part three and he is actually a lawyer now we did know that i I, i've heard him on podcasts and stuff before but so this is what uh, Zerner said. He said, I've seen a lot of people dragging Victor Miller online as if it's his fault. It's not. The Copyright Act includes a provision that states that an author can terminate any transfer he or she has made after 35 years. Congress added this provision to allow creators, writers, and songwriters who sold their rights cheap to have a second chance. In this case, Victor Miller he originally was paid $9,500 for the original Friday the 13th script, which turned into 12 movies, a very successful video game, and lots of Jason Voorhees merchandise. This franchise Victor helped create made Was Jason really merchandised? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I, I didn't think as much as, like, Freddy and Chucky. Shirts, dolls. Well, the, fa- the masks and stuff, and yeah. Yeah, the masks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I- I've seen tons of Jason stuff. But there's lots of Shot dolls. glasses. And bus and things like that. There's lots of things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe Freddy more so, but you know that that's because Freddy rolled all 
in the in the mid to late eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he says, but Victor was not entitled to any of that money. Victor did what the Copyright Act allows him to do. He sent a notice of termination to Sean Cunningham or Cummingham, depending on who you are, given Sean two years notice of the termination, which would occur in June of 2018. The way it usually works in these cases is that the producer and the terminating writer will have two uh, will have the two year period to work out a deal on how much money will be split on future projects. The termination does not affect movies already completed, but Sean and Victor would need to make a deal because the termination only affects the Friday the 13th U.S. rights. Because of the quirks of copyright law, even after termination, Sean would still own the rights outside the U.S. But instead of making a deal, Sean sued Victor, claiming that the agreement that Victor signed in 1979 is not terminable. And the fact is that it this is a very new area of law, so there is not a lot of guidance for judges who is on who is right. Both sides have very capable lawyers who are arguing the case. One of one of the problems is that although both sides argued motions for summary judgment last October, the judge in the case still hasn't ruled. This is a really this is has really slowed things down. I'm sure that everyone involved believed that there would be a trial before the termination occurred. I know it's frustrating for the fans who want new movies and more content, but to blame it all on Victor is unfair. So that's very interesting. And that kind of broke it down for me. Huh. I didn't know that there was a copyright law that allows uh, an original creator to to sort of get some you know, compensation for something they created if it's past 35 years. Surprised they didn't have, like, sign a contract. Yeah, I, it seems weird to me. Why 35 years, too? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it's just such an odd copyright law. I, I like is, to know are we going to see more of this going forward? Like, is there is Clive Barker going to... Yeah, you, know, you never, you never know. <laughs> Hellraiser right? be like, this is mine, bitches, you know? Nah, he doesn't seem like that kind of person. I mean, but it, it, what do you mean, though, by that kind of person? I don't think he would do that at this point. Would he? <clears throat> Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I think right? he's like, kind of salty where the franchises went. I, mean, I would assume he's probably still getting paid for using... Actually, you know what? That is a f- key difference there. Yeah. He is getting paid, so he would ha- not have a reason to do that. Yeah. Um, more same with John Carpenter. So I think that what it is is people who kind of get screwed out of it. You know what I mean? And and like didn't get didn't own didn't own any you know percentage of the rights going forward. I think the people obviously who made a deal and and own certain rights, this doesn't apply to them obviously. So it's mm-hmm. people who sell off their rights maybe or get you know some like yeah, screwed out of it somehow or that's the thing. If you're selling off the rights, man, you're just you're not entitled to anything after it. Maybe maybe, kind of maybe he didn't it. sell it off, right? Maybe that that's what this case is specific is it's like Sean just claimed ownership over them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't know how it works if you're if you if you pay somebody to write something like what what how do they decide who you just, owns it? You just don't know. You'd have to go read through all the it, you know, the all contracts. the paperwork and contract and everything that's in there and and th- <clears> this <throat> is why when you're dealing with rights and stuff like that as a artist or a writer or whatever, it's good to have a lawyer go through that stuff because he can let you know what can possibly happen in the future, right? Like, yeah. you know, you just you shouldn't fuck yourself out of, you know just get that information. It's very, you know, helpful. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's the type of shit that you shouldn't be doing on your own. So, you know, in a sense, it's kind of his own fault. You know, I mean, if it came down to that, selling off the rights and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, look at George, look at Romero when they fucked up copywriting Night of the Living Dead, right? Yeah. All that fucking money, man, from all the well, years. Well, that was all public domain, though. Well, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's a little different because yeah. it's not going to one certain person. It's the public that owns it. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what I'm saying because they screwed up on their copywriting, all right? Because he was trying that to copyright was just that film. A bullshit thing. Yeah, yeah. So they screwed <laughs> they ch- up. They essentially. I don't even know. Like that can't happen today, right? Like there uh, had to be a law. That no, because that because you know back like when he was trying to copyright that film and, and do whatever with it, he probably was broke and was doing think, it himself. He he probably made no money off that movie. Well, no, he well, didn't. He didn't a little bit. Money. He didn't. No, but like, that's just, the thing. If he had a copyright, if he had actually, like, you know, maintained no, no, the rights to it. But that's not the story, though, right? The story is that they changed the title and forgot to copyright it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not that he couldn't afford to copyright it or anything like that. It was just that he lit- they literally made a mistake that's and right. forgot the copyright. <laughs> that, that's right. So he it, it, essentially, it's himself. such a trap. That's why. Yeah. That's why you do that shit with lawyers because the lawyer wouldn't have missed that, right? He would have been like, oh, by the way. You might copyright want to put page. a copyright on that title there, so you know. You yeah, because they they changed the title from like. That's right. Something I, for- I forget what it was. But yeah, they changed it, and. <laughs> that's I, I it's just such a sad. Story I've never now. heard of that happening ever before or since, though. So it's like, is there like a new law that prevents that simple mistake, like where you can retroactively copyright it if no. it's within a certain time or something? Mm-hmm. I think most people uh-huh. just use the you know the appropriate oh. lawyers and they don't miss shit like that. We aren't we aren't lawyers, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. That stuff's confusing me. Anyway, uh, next up here we have uh, this is not really news, but I just thought I'd throw it out there because uh, a while ago, uh, Fetty Alvarez took to Twitter to ask what he should do next. Yeah. Um, we know That's that he has ago. his uh, girl in the spider webs movie which is i guess like a spinoff of the girl with the dragon tattoo coming out yeah Yeah. um but he asked if people wanted to make evil dead 2 and uh he was they of course everybody was like hell yeah uh but then somebody tweeted at him the other day uh just like two days ago uh they said if uruguay wins the world cup will you make evil dead 2 um and he said deal so to me that doesn't mean that he's gonna make it if they win. That means he's probably making it, uh, or at least he's probably plans on making it. And you know, I don't really understand was, this whole thing though. Like, why do you have to go to social media to give the fans what they want? I mean, he already knows without going on social media that you know the people want a second Evil Dead film. Is it's he to create is, buzz for it? Is is that all he's doing? He's just putting it out there, or is he actually yeah, asking just, what to he, make? Uh, I think he's more so just creating buzz. Because he I mean, probably knows that the t- the choices that he gives. But you know, at the same time, at the <clears throat> same time, I was you know I was talking uh, with uh, I think I was talking with Dylan about this actually. You know, it's been a while since the Evil Dead came out. I mean, if you really wanted to do a sequel because it was pretty successful, you know, uh-huh. you think he would have done it right away. So that kind of makes me wonder maybe. If he, you know, it's been what four years since he came out, something like that. Three well, years. What What is different? So, what so, is different now versus back man. then? Yeah, like I mean, if you really want, no, to... no, I'm asking five that, years. What five is years. different now than yeah. back then? Because there is an answer to this. I don't no, know. Ash well, anymore. The, no, I think correct. It's, no, that the evil that because after Evil Dead came out, 
shortly after that, Ash versus Evil Dead started movement. Yeah. Became a thing. And then the Evil Dead 2 rumors died down. And then what happens is shortly after they canceled that show, that's when he threw out that tweet. Mm-hmm. He's like, and I believe he even said with, you know, Evil Dead, you know, Ash giving his blessing and, or Bruce Campbell giving his blessing and blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, maybe it's time to so do another So it's kind of like Dead. keeping it afloat then, essentially. Yeah, I think so. And and here's the thing, right? <clears throat> he also put Don't Breathe 2 in that poll. Which I really have no ambition to see a no. sequel for that at all. I mean, no. if he's going to pick one or the other, do Evil Dead. Yeah, I think I think Evil Dead Two has a lot of potential, way more than the first Evil Dead did. Yeah, because now you have complete creative liberties to take the story wherever. Mm-hmm. Like the first one, you kind of have to stick to the to the original story a little bit, so it's a proper, you know, it's an actual remake. Probably people out in a cabin, you know, doing their thing. So. I think that and and honestly like I think by the end of the first Evil Dead everybody was kind of excited to see that story progress. I am surprised. Well, I think that's that all you can do with it actually, especially in today's landscape where af- and this is one thing that I fucking hate, dude. I hate this, this is one thing I hate about the w- current landscape of horror. It seems like studios are so against doing a sequel after a certain amount of time has passed. And it drives yeah. me crazy. It drives me up a goddamn wall. They're like, they're like, well, well we should probably reboot it since it's been so long. It's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, it makes mm-hmm. me so mad. I don't want. There's so many reboots, dude. Like, I'm even, like, obviously, I'm super excited about Halloween. I think obviously, they think that the fans have short memories or something. It's like, oh, it's, they totally well, forgot about the film. I don't Let's think just think re- that they're even considering the fans. Yeah. I think they're thinking about mainstream audiences. And they don't, they're not going to know what's going on. For sure. When really, yeah. that's not even true, dude. It's not. We've, there's so much evidence to suggest that people will remember and the people that are interested are still going to see it, whether they've seen the first one or not. And I think that's why people are so hesitant to even title things Strangers 2. Instead, they call it Strangers Pray at Night. Because for somebody who doesn't know, that could be a brand new movie, yeah. right? Especially yeah. for the adults. So you don't lose the, you, know? you don't lose the people that are like, oh, Strangers Two. Well, I never seen Strangers One. I'm not going to go see Strangers Two. So well, that's precisely Strangers exactly Pray what they do. Night, yeah, yeah. It's but it's annoying to me. Yeah, I don't like I get it. That. I get it that. It pisses me off. Like make Evil Dead Two. Damn it! Don't think, reboot it. Make Evil Dead Two. I mean, all you can do is per you know, put the progress into the story because it's not like they're going to remake Evil Dead Two, right? Yeah. You know, they're not going to go that way. I mean, right now, it's like a great time to do it. You know, elevate the story, keep it a serious film, and just keep going with it. I think it'll fucking yeah. do really, really well. Really well. Because like you said, you man, you got full creative control of what you can do with this now. I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's an amazing option to have, and I think that he shouldn't even hesitate. I think he's already waited too long for the fans. I mean, people are, wanted it right away. And, um, yeah, it's been five years. It's been five years. And so by the time I, it it's comes get- out, it'll it would probably be six or seven. Yeah, so it's getting to the point where it's like, dude, you gotta fucking do this, man. You gotta do it. Write something good. Keep it serious. And that Evil Dead Two bullshit. I remember yeah, when I saw it in theaters on the opening night. It was fucking packed. Me too. I seen it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, yeah, minus that so. fucking defibrillator scene. <laughs> yeah. oh, the MacGyver scene. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I was thinking the other day, man. I'm like. 
like as excited as I am for Halloween, the new one. Yep. It still does bug me a little bit where they're going with it because, but I understand why they do it, did it at the same time. New studio, sort of a fresh start. At least everybody knows the original Halloween, so let's just make a sequel to that. Uh, but at the same time, I was really thinking about it. And I'm like, I was thinking about the the timeline because I seen it. Somebody posted like a meme or something, and I was like, okay, so you have one and two, and it ends there sometimes. And then you have three, which is its own thing. And then you have four, five, and six, which, which are really connect, three, four, and five, <laughs> which can yeah, which connect to one and two. But you can also take one and two by itself as an endpoint. So oh then you ha- then you have seven and eight, which is one, two, seven, eight. Yeah. Because it ignores four, five, and yeah, six. But so it's three and in, four. In, in a certain script, so it's H2O, they actually acknowledge. H2O part five or four five and six so you could technically you know link those together if you use the original script to where it's actually one two four five six and seven and then of course you have the restart which is rob zombies versions so it's like there's so many different timelines with these things and i started thinking i was like okay so i remember when jamie lee curtis came back in h2o and there was that big emotional death scene with Myers at the end. And then probably the best part of Resurrection is the beginning, where there's this dramatic death scene of oh, Laurie Strode. Fuck. And then I, I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where the protagonist was killed off and then retconned and brought back. Like, Laurie Strode, like, we've seen Laurie Strode die off in the series, and they're, like, restarting it like she's alive, and it's the same actor. I don't think I've ever seen that, yeah, that in the is, history of horror movies. That is it's very random. bizarre when you think about it. It's like, oh, she died once already. Like, when you, when you see her in the movie, you're like, oh, I remember when she died. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. I don't think yeah, but, he, but It's like, it's not any more weirder than fucking Michael blowing up in Halloween 2 and then showing up again. It's not even that he blew up. It's that he his face blew like, up. literally melted off. He blew the fuck up. Literally. Uh, I don't and think Loomis that blew the fuck up. I don't so think he, like, he didn't really blow up, though. His body was intact. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Loomis. Blew up. I don't want to say Loomis, <laughs> Yeah, but in Halloween 2, you literally see Myers' face melting to, like, skeleton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with Halloween 2, but whatever. Um,. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just curious to see what they do with this one. But um, after that, I uh, got a little... Okay, so Tales from the Hood 2 ha- is uh, set to premiere at Fantasia, I believe. Mm. Nice. So I that bet. movie's done. Wow. I want to go there. That's such a weird movie to have a sequel to. It, is it... Uh, oh, it's so relevant right now. Well, I never thought... Well, it's relevant if they make it relevant. You know, uh-huh. the original's relevant. Is but, there any word on the cast for that film? Uh, no. I, have I know the shit is coming back. Is he really? Yeah, he they dead? posted set dead. photos. That's awesome. Wow. Dude, yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. I guarantee the soundtrack won't be as good as the first one, though. What if they? What if it was, though? What ah. if they literally was like, let's capture the fail? <laughs> you know? Um, what if they had, like... Oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> no, to see it, though. Um, I can't wait to see it. I just want to. I'm just. It's pure curiosity at this yeah. point. I just want to see what's going on. Word on the street that the new Puppet Master is like super violent and showing like, next weekend here. Really? Damn! Yeah. I would totally go see that. Nice. Apocalyptic nice. fest or whatever. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's a. There was a bunch of titles announced for Fantasia, which obviously 
None of us will see. Where is Food can Canada? Yeah. It's you, should, you should plan to go do that one day. I bet you could get a press pass. It's in the middle of the country, I think. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. It's probably closer for, like, you. <laughs> no, it's it closer is. for Moots, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, isn't that, like, French Canada? Montreal. No, you guys are closer to Montreal than I am. I'm way on the other fucking side of, of the country. Where's Montreal? Isn't Montreal in the middle? No. Oh. Sorry, I don't know the geography of Canada. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, it's more or less, but you guys are closer. Way closer yeah. than I am. All right. Uh, next up here, uh, Hereditary on home video. Already? Um, yeah. They, what? they announced that... They didn't announce the Blu-ray, but they, they announced that it's going to have special features, but unfortunately, the three-hour cut... The, the movie originally was is not going to be included three hour cut Jesus. well the first cut was already what it's how two, long was it two, 207 yeah with, with credits so it's like two hours oh is that it I thought it was I thought it was longer no it's 207 but that's pretty crazy there was a 30 additional scenes that were not shown. Yeah, that's crazy. That's I mean, that could really change. I bet a lot. you the ending. I bet you they cut out a lot of stuff. Yeah, probably. I think it was the appropriate length. I, I don't think it should have been much longer than it was. Nah. I feel like I got enough from it. Um, a couple of other things. Uh, Blue Underground apparently is working on a 4K scan of Maniac from the previously lost 16 millimeter. Uh, negative, which was apparently found. Yep. So that's so pretty how, cool. So how is that going to look, though? The sixty millimeter scan four K. I don't know. Uh, I got. I got. Vinegar Syndrome does it. I would assume most of their prints are sixty millimeters. Most of their movies are slosh. So yeah. I mean, if their shit looks good, I would assume at least Mister Lustig isn't going to fuck up his own movie. Yeah, that's true. So it, here's here's uh, what the, was said about it. Um, the new 4K master is leaps and bounds ahead of everything seen before, finally presenting Maniac as it was originally shot for the first time ever. Yeah, I mean, that, but the original Blu-ray is pretty shitty so, anyway. So, so I so. guess the previous sucks transfers were taken from a blown up 35 millimeter. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, the yeah. fucking transfers are trash. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's never looked great. Nope. On any edition. Um, to be honest, the Blu-ray, the blue, the original Blue Underground Blu-rays, kind of look like upscales. To be honest, that's why I say they look like ass. Yeah. So this will probably be awesome. I, I guarantee we're all picking it up. Yeah, I mean, I Jeremy so. actually, I'll probably get it for free, right? That'll be my fourteenth edition of Maniac. Yes, I'm not ridiculous. me. Why not you? Because ever since. That dude left, but you get severed still. Man, I can't yeah, wait to see person. this. I can't. I've always wanted to see Maniac with a better transfer. This is so exciting. I've always wanted to see Maniac at a. Oh, I've seen it like, three times. Theater drive-in. Yeah, three times. It's a great one. Yeah, I have yeah. to. Hopefully, they do that one year. Uh, and then finally, here uh, they announced a collector's edition of Chainsaw Four <laughs> and The Wreck films the wreck That's did you sweet. notice that they changed the artwork on it already yeah 
Yeah, I don't know why. Do you know why? Because I guess McConaughey and Selzweger were pissed off. I would assume that it has something to do with... Okay, so it says uh, Scream Factory uh, said we did have to remove them due to unforeseen issues with sub I wonder what the managers must have fucking probably called up and bitched. Yeah, so their personnel was They're like, no. They're still trying to stop this movie from being a thing? Dude, it's, what are they so ashamed? Like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the movie more, sucks I'm more, dick, I'm not, but. I'm more pissed off that we're probably not going to see any new special features of them talking about it. No. Because yet. they clearly well, don't want to be two. on the cover, so. Those two won't, for sure. I know, but I want to see them fuck. I mean, Selzweger's talked about it, but not fucking McConaughey. Yeah. I can't so believe, it, I can't right now it says that they'll, they'll have the theatrical cut. They're working on obtaining the extended version, so hopefully that happens. They so gotta, now that's the entire franchise on Blu-ray now. They got to get that I'm shit from Canadian. I'm happy for it, dude. Yeah, right. That's the one. <laughs> because here's why, right? I don't like this movie, right? It's not a good chance. It's a terrible satire. However, oh my god, here we go again with the satire. And a lot of people can probably right that it was. I I just feel like that guy is like flip flip floppy on what he was trying to do in interviews. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, It is such a bad movie, man. Like it's totally that movie where they were making this movie, this shitty ass satire. And then we're like, we have no idea how to end this thing. So they just threw this fucking Illuminati twist in the end of it. Like it's so stupid. Yeah, you know what, it's man? So I stupid. I'm very interested in hearing the I, like. This is one I will pre-order and pick up because I want to see the special features on it. Mm-hmm. I love the Chainsaw films, and this one, although it's bad, I've never like it's never like pained me to watch. Like I could watch it. It's it's like it's, it's I could be entertained by it's it. watchable. It's very bad. I, I love I love how fucking people are so funny to me, man. Like when Screen Factory announced. Uh, Chainsaw 4 <laughs> all of a sudden everyone likes the movie I'm like are you, you fucking kidding you sound, me you sound like Dave Z right now he says shit like this all the time well I <laughs> it was fucking because for years and years everyone's like man new generation is fucking trash it's garbage fuck that movie it's stupid blah 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 and then all of a sudden Screen Factory announces the Blu-ray and everyone's like yeah you know it's not that bad it's pretty good I'm picking it up I'm grabbing two copies why the fuck not <laughs> you know it's like shut the fuck up Give me a break. Nobody likes that movie. It's bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I don't not like it. I mean, I don't like it, but I don't, like, hate it either. Like, I'm very intrigued by it is what I'll say. So, uh, I'll pick it up. And the the rec set, though, I'm pretty excited about because... Yeah, but how only, good could those movies look on Blu-ray to be complete? Especially part one and two. I don't know what they were filmed on, honestly. Like, digital, right? Yeah, but they're like found footage. They're found footage. Yeah, but they're very they, dark. They still they're use very dark. Digital cameras, though, right? Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's cool. already HD, right? It's gonna be a cool edition. Like, so, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's a cool. It, Scream Factory's been killing it lately with their box sets and stuff, and and we have a hunch that they might be released. They might do transfers of the Stepfather films eventually. I do recommend yeah. if you guys haven't grabbed the It's Alive box set, man. The it was it was I fun. Have it was fun rewatching those films, man. It was good shit. Transfers are excellent. Good stuff, man. Really good, I would really like stuff. to maybe do this uh, franchise. Oh fuck! Yeah, I'd, I'd talk about them. It'd be fun. Yeah, you know what I was thinking? Maybe, maybe we should do. Like, maybe we should get. Wait like, a minute! A wait a minute! Did you just say I sounded like Dave Z going back like five yeah. minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says that all the time. Like, I was just listening to a podcast, and he's like. 
he's like Fangoria announced that they're coming back and everybody was so fucking hype and he's like I never seen anybody talking about Fangoria before you know where the fuck were they the last couple years you know what I mean and he has a fair point like no like everybody kind of shat shat on him for like the last couple years so well, I, ha- I personally had a vendetta against Fangoria. So well, I'm yeah, saying, they ripped you Fang- off and never paid you. Yeah, I know, man. That's bullshit. Like, yeah. straight up ripoff job, man. Fuck Fangoria. And you know what? The crazy thing is, they're only doing, like, how many issues a year? I think they're only Four. doing, yeah, they're doing, so it's like one every Five three months. quarterly. Yes, yeah, one every three months. Trash, dude. dude, and the price is insane. So they're putting out four issues bucks. a year. Yeah, fuck. You getting them, Jeremy? Not at no $80 for four issues. Dude, what are they thinking with $20 price tags on magazines, man? Who is going to be buying fucking... (laughs) That's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. But if you buy a subscription, you get the four for 66-something. But Also, also, here's the thing, too, right? Let me me break this down. Nobody's... I've not heard one person mention this. So, a magazine, right? What what was Fangoria kind of known for at first was telling you shit you couldn't know anywhere else that's what that's what back before the internet now obviously they had to change their model a little bit once the internet became so prevalent and focus more on editorials and different things like that and interviews but how the fuck are you going to stay current when you're releasing them every three months Especially with the internet, you know? Yeah! What the hell are you going to talk about? The thing with, like, the Fangoria's back in the day, it's like, oh, cool, this issue has a four-page article about Stepfather 3. It's like, who the fuck's talking about Stepfather 3 anymore who actually made it? So it's like, it's cool to, like, pick it up and, like, read it and find out. In this world of, you know, extreme social media, people tend to forget things right away because there's just so much shit happening and stuff. You bring up a good point. If you're releasing a magazine every three months... When you receive that magazine and you're reading about shit that happened three months prior, like they're going to be talking about hereditary. Nobody is going to give a flying fuck about that because they yeah, already I, know I, everything. I was, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see like what they're. But is it going to be news based or is it going to be like you know? Well, all well, I no matter is, what, it has to be partially based on what's popular, regardless yeah. of of yeah. what content you're doing. You can't make a magazine that's talking about fucking stepfather three through half the issue today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It has to be current shit or, you know, like, yeah, of course you have your retro articles and stuff like that, but what the fuck are they going to talk about? But dude, for $20 (laughs) an issue, man, these better be like 300 page spreads. I know. I think with posters, pins, with posters, pins. I heard there's like 120 pages. Yeah. Like posters, pins, trailer comps, like, (laughs) you know, I I want some motherfucking extras with that shit, man. 20 bones. No, I, I am very okay. So I have picked up some Fangoria's lately too, and I've never had them. I never grew up with them. I never had horror magazines growing up. I had video game magazines, but I I was not in skateboarding magazines. I was not, I guess, you know, I just wasn't aware of them. And I will say, man, they are super fascinating. Reading those Amazing. old retro things, like there was one that had an interview with Argento that I was just talking about. And it was fresh off of Tenebrae, and he's talking about prepping and and working on the script for Mother of Tears. 
(laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's so interesting to hear him talk about Mother of Tears. Well, not even that. Like, I just love, like, seeing, like, the issues that are, like, Halloween 7, new info in, or, like, House of a Thousand Corpses 2. It's, like, all this shit that never happened. happen yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. so cool yeah you know i i like that it's, i it's like reading neat. honestly like the reviews and just the opinions and shit you know from the films that came out in the 80s and yeah. just hearing like people's reactions to today my- has like has like a huge page spread on the uh the director of of the grind of the corpse grinders and it's like a q a that's like three pages long it's like who the fuck has a three page q of a from that guy you know it's just yeah. like stupid shit like that and like Argento was talking about one of the movies, probably Suspiria, I think. And he mentioned the type of film stock he used. And he said, like, it's gone. We use we bought the rest of it that exists yeah. uh, for that movie. And uh, I just found that so fascinating that like, wow, that's historical. <laughs> but yeah, so the rec sets coming out September 25th, all four rec films. Tomorrow they will announce Rec Five. I, was, I said the exact same <laughs> thing, man. <laughs> yep, but uh, yeah, that's that is essentially the news. You know, one thing I was a little bit. But you forgot one thing. What? Christine coming to four K. I know that's oh, funny. I was yeah. like one of the first people to post that. Yeah, that's right. Like actual four K. Yeah. Yeah, and and that, I even titled like the article. I was like, "This is probably going to be the start of the the retro oh, films coming." What's that? He crushes it with their transfers. Why do you sound so far away? What are you doing, dude? Get check, back! Check. Get back in your room, man. Get back in your siblings, room. Siblings, siblings, check, check. Can you hear Microphone me? check one two. You hear yeah, me? yeah. <laughs> uh. You know, I wasn't upset, though, I will say. I wasn't upset that the It's Alive box set didn't come with the remake. Have you guys ever seen the remake of It's Alive? Oh, totally forgot about that. Yeah. um, It was actually the first thing I noticed when they announced it. I was like, oh, they don't have the remake in there. But um, the remake is trash. I didn't even know it existed until, like, Like, six weeks ago. It's really, really laughable because they CG'd the baby. And it just, it's really shit-poor CG. Oh, it's fucking awful. So, But I still find it fascinating that they didn't even... Didn't, didn't get they didn't put it in the box set it's interesting mm-hmm. so but yeah one thing that I, I one thing I want to you just reminded me of something so I watched the Arrow <clears throat> basket case Blu-ray mm-hmm. yeah and I actually watched it too yeah first of all you know good transfer stuff like that uh, good good release they actually have the documentary on there yeah, it's a good Which one. I know was on that UK still book too. Yeah. The trilogy. Um, one thing that I will say, if you still have your original something weird release, you might want to yep. hold on to it because there's features on there that's not on the arrow. <laughs> you know I'd never sell those anyway. I just keep everything. You know, you know what's funny actually? I I do have that second sight trilogy steel book <laughs> from the UK. And of course I bought the arrow. And I had a sealed copy of the something weird Blu-ray that I sent to Zach. Without even double checking the features, <laughs> so I don't have it. I yeah. don't. Ha- I don't have it anymore. Because because there's a feature on there that I was looking for on the Arrow because I liked it when I seen it on the something weird. Yeah. It's essentially like a horror's hollow grounds, but it just went head and water, and he's walking around New York to all these different spots where they film shit, and he's like talking about it. I wonder, Super interesting. It is are the features different on the Blu-ray uh, to the DVD? 
Did something weird oh, released? Uh, I have no idea. I've never. I, didn't I still have the DVD. I, yeah, I don't know. They're probably the same. I would bet. I, that I, I, I keep like all my releases. I don't know why. I give some of them away, but I've for been, the most part, I keep them. Yeah, I've been tossing them to people left and right lately. But yeah. you toss them to us, you bitch. He does. You could say the He's same thing about all stuff. the shit that you get. And don't fucking watch. Throw my way, man. You're just yeah, but talking you about give away good shit. Why? Well, yeah, I just gave him a sealed copy of that one. Fuck. All that trauma shit you get, man. You know I like trauma. Yeah. Yeah, they've been pumping right. out some shit, man. So. So. That's going to be the news. That's the news. Yep. All right. That's mm-hmm. that's going to do it for the news. Um. Yeah, let's move it along here and get into some box office brawl. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Ling, ling, ling. ling. Yeah, box office brawl. So just quickly an update on the current standings, because uh, we had a few things happen that we didn't cover. Uh, I don't have the exa- exact numbers for this, but I do know back when we predicted breaking in, uh, I believe I lost to both Jeremy and Moods, and I think Moods beat Jeremy. Uh, and then with the Hereditary, I was way off. Moods was way off. Jeremy was spot on. Um, For and I that, gotta, that, I gotta that, say, man, I was really, really shocked that it didn't do better because of all the <clears throat> the hype and me. all the people that were talking about it. Like everybody that you know, there's you know, you always hear people talk about. Are you going to see that film? Looks really good, but it was like everybody was talking about see i didn't hear that many people talk about it before it came out honestly i think um but i'll say this the moment i did my prediction i regretted it after i started looking into it because i looked at the history of a24 and this is typically how i do it i I mean i look at similar films and what they do and that's usually why i I kind of am decent at picking as well um but a24 has never had a movie do over what this movie did. So, I mean, that that pretty much tells you right there. And it's pretty that, shocking, too, because, you know, off the top of the show, I was kind of going through the filmography of them, and they put out some really good films. It's, it's pretty shocking they haven't done better. Now, you that's know, not to say it's not successful. This is a successful release successful. for a, Oh, no, no, it, it's good, for sure. You know, based, just, especially based they don't on the budget. They don't have the reach. They don't have the reach either. Like, this film was not in 4,000 theaters. You know what I mean? 3, it was a wide release, but 3, I think it wasn't even 3,000 at first. I think that it added theaters after the first week. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to see it tomorrow, actually. So I'm yeah, I actually, in fact, I know it added theaters after the first week. I know moods didn't even have it the first week. Yeah, no, yeah, but I, that's because he's Canadian. Canadians. are yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's like a, I don't know. That always happens with shit. We always get stuff a week later. So Just, the current standings, or uh, me versus Jeremy, it's 16 to 9. He came up two points, though. Uh, Moods versus me. Moods pulled ahead two points. It's 12 to 10 now. Uh, and then Jeremy versus Moods, um, they split. And Moods, or did they split? I can't remember. Um, anyway, it's 9 to 12 for Moods and Jeremy. Sweet. Yeah. Yep. So what do we got coming up? Jurassic World 2. And there is a possibility that we might not have a show by the time The Purge comes out. So if we don't, we'll post it on the Facebook group like we normally do. Jurassic World 2 has already made $370 million overseas Mm -hmm. this weekend. 
I already, know what I'm, I already know what I'm going to say. How much did it make? $370 million. In one weekend? In one weekend overseas. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. I know. I don't really know how to... $165 million. Jesus. That's what I'm going to say. Man, the the last Jurassic Park film opening weekend made... Dude, Incredibles 2 made $185 million this weekend. I think the, the, the last Jurassic Park film made two hundred and eighty. Opening weekend? No, two oh eight. Oh, two oh eight. Okay. Still over two hundred million in opening weekend. That's insane. Yeah. So is this one oh, going to do bigger, bigger numbers? It's fourth or less? all. It's it's fourth all time opening. It's going to do less. It's going to do. That's it's crazy. Do, it's it's was, do I don't even remember it being that big. Could do one sixty five. But considering the Incredibles made. two made one hundred eighty million this weekend, I don't know. I, I still think 165 is probably okay. Safe. So Jeremy's saying 165. This is insane. <laughs> I'm going big, man. I think this movie is going to blow it out the fucking frame. No, I, I might so. go see it. I have no interest. I like the Jurassic Park movies. I just haven't seen the last one. Yeah, yeah. It was, Jeremy says 165 million. It was okay. So the biggest countries that it made the most money is UK it made 14 million and South oh. Korea it made 33 million. Well, it's going to destroy that in the US. Yeah. Well, Everything does. I'm going man, I'm going way higher. I have a feeling this one is going to be, you know, the summer blockbuster. Okay. Um I'm going 202. Mm. So still under the first film. Around it, but yeah, I'm going to go with 202. I think this one's going to it's going to do heavy heavy numbers, man. Okay, so what what should I factor in here? Is it opening up against anything? No, but Incredibles 2 still around. Is it PG-13? Yeah. PG- yes. 13. Yeah, the Incredibles mm. will die down by then a little bit. I don't think so. They're saying it's uh, gonna make. Uh, they say it's gonna make over five hundred million in its run. So I'm a little bit shocked at how well that's doing. One hundred eighty million this weekend. That's incredible. For no, that kind of no movie. pun intended. Yeah, that's insane. Why? Why? I don't even. Is that a pop? I guess that's popular. I never even I really heard so. of the Incredibles. It's okay. It's pretty good. I like the first one, man. I, you know. It's okay. I was surprised they came out with a sequel so many Apparently years after the original Apparently it made one. $34 million in China on Friday. Yeah. Come on, JP. Say your fucking number, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I, this is you very important. You should have thought about moment. this before we started the show. Yeah, you got to do your research before the show. I did think show, about man. it. You should have just no, said. I'm talking my way through it to be entertaining for the listeners. You just shout out a number. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my thought process behind this is I do think that it's going to make less. It has to make less. It can't make it. There's not the hype because here's why, right? When Jurassic World was first announced, it had been a very long time since a Jurassic Park movie. It's just like the Star Wars syndrome. Yes. And as we know, typically the second film does a little less. Sometimes it does more third film usually always does less but second film it's it depends but i don't see the hype for it 
I really don't. Like, I didn't. I remember the hype for the first Jurassic World, but I don't see the hype for it. So I feel like it's not going to surpass two point two. 208 million, 208 million. Gee, I can't believe we're talking this big of numbers right now. <laughs> um, yeah, we just came from Hereditary, like, did 13 and a half man, million, this right? Is, this, is, <laughs> this is scary, dude. I know. It's crazy. Uh, if, dude, you I, have such listen, a big margin, JP. Jesus. I know, but I here's the thing, Jeremy. I know I'm going under moods, but how far – But do I go under you or over you and how far away? Like, if I go under, I only have to go $1 on it. I plan this if to I fuck with your head. As soon as Jeremy said 165 I'm like, I'm going way higher. This is going to totally play with JP's mind. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't want to lose the moods. That's for sure, because I already lost him t- the last two times. Baby, baby. Um, what's the budget on this one? Uh... If I could find 170 it. million or something? No, nah, considering the budget for fucking Solo was over 300 million. <laughs> uh, 170 million, yeah. Well, it was One like seven. read on. I, I, I feel like I need to go above. So it's already made money. Jeremy. I feel like I need to go above Jam. If, if we follow the rules, you take the budget and you double it for marketing. It's probably already made. It's made money almost. I don't know really that much in marketing, you think? Probably oh, not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I think. 100%. Yep. <laughs> it's in 4,400 theaters. Jesus Christ. That's the same as The Incredibles. Oh, God. Say a fucking number, bro. What did The Incredibles make? 180. Okay. I'm probably going to go with... Let's go with 190. What? <laughs> 190. Okay. It's only 12 million less than moods. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> spend all your time for that. Well, I'm trying to think here, man. I'm trying to think. I'm 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 logically thinking about this. I'm this is thinking, an important man, win for me. I'm thinking, man, you know, it's summertime. This is the block, but I think it's going to do just crazy numbers, man. See, my, my my main concern, I'm not worried about Jeremy. My main concern is beating moods right now because I still have a lot of room on Jeremy to mess up. But Moods can quickly pull ahead of me if he wins another one. He's going to be up three. So I need to just my, – my, what I should have done was pick either over or under Moods and just go point one under him because that's all – or over him because that's what matters right now. But I took a gamble and tried to pick what I actually think. So 190. 190. Jeez. All right. See what happened, boys. We will see what happens. I think this just all... seems like so much. Yeah, I know. I think these are all fair guesses, though. Hey, JP. Shit, Avengers Age of Ultron. Hey, JP. What? I want to ask your opinion on something. What? Since you're an expert, I didn't ask yeah. in the intro. What is your take on Punk getting destroyed and what is going to happen? Oh. Okay, so uh, just very quickly, because I know our listeners don't love MMA. Uh, I just I th- I thought that the one thing you could say about CM Punk is I 100% respect him and think that it takes tremendous balls when you don't need the money, you don't need to do anything, but you just want to prove to yourself what you're capable of doing. And uh, he did get beat pretty bad. He arguably won the first round, but it was very sloppy, and he was extremely gassed by the second round. 
Uh, and the fighter Mike Jackson probably could have finished the fight in the second round, maybe even the first round, had mm. he actually not been screwing around. He says that he carried CM Punk. Um, Dana White already said that Mike Jackson isn't fighting in the UFC again. Uh, Punk definitely isn't fighting in the no. UFC again. He just doesn't have. Here's the thing, right? He why, just doesn't. Why have isn't he fighting in the UFC anymore? Not Punk. The because other guy. Oh, because he fucking was just playing around with Punk and not finishing the fight when he should have. Yeah, that's bullshit. I hate that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was just showing everybody how big of he a would, noob but, he was. But here's the thing, right? It's okay to show off, but you better back it up later. Don't show he was, off. He did it for a whole round. You know what I mean? You're going to take a guy who clearly looks like he shouldn't belong in there to a decision. You suck, bro. Get out of here. I agree with Dana White on that decision. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But Punk is... Okay, first of all, his talent is... Even for being very new at it, he wasn't fighting another high-level guy. Like He was fighting somebody that was on... You know, a slightly above amateur level. Mm -hmm. So I do think that CM Punk's actual talent is severely lacking. Well, I give him props for trying, and that's another. Well, didn't Joe Rogan starting. call him talentless? Yeah. Yeah, but that. Joe I Rogan mean, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't hundred percent agree with that. I, kinda, I I love Rogan, man. He's always got opinions that I agree with. So yeah. But. Yeah, I, for the most part, I've disagreed with Joe on most of the CM Punk stuff that he's talked about, though. He's coming at it from a completely dumb angle, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, because he's looking at things like it's like life is fair. Like, it's weird how he's saying, like, it, like Alistair Overeem and this guy should be in the the opener to the pay-per-view, not CM Punk. And it's like, no, that makes no sense. That Like, yeah, if everything is based on how qualified of a... That's not how cards are built. It's not the best at the top and the worst at the bottom. That's it's never been like that. Yeah, because so he had they had a, he had a lot of Chicagoans in the fights too. Yeah, I it's, it's that literally was, uh, never been built from best to worst. Yeah, it just hasn't been. It's mm -hmm. usually built by popularity. That's yeah. how fight cards are laid out. So well, of I, course, I of course, you don't want to go. You want to you know go to a fight card or rent a card where there's everyone on there you've never heard of. Yeah, it, talent doesn't really no. factor in. It does a little bit, but it's more about popularity. Yes. Now, granted, most popular fighters are also most talented fighters. Um, it's just a weird case with the CM Punk thing because he's popular for a different reason. The problem is, dude, he doesn't have skill. He has he doesn't have the skill to be a fighter. Maybe if he started when he was thirty years old instead of thirty six years old, he might have been able to do something. Also, he he. You know, went into the UFC, and regardless, Mike Jackson is not a UFC caliber fighter. But, but Mickey Galt is, and he got his ass kicked. <laughs> what's that? But Mickey is, and he got his. Oh ass yeah, kicked. Mickey Galt. But Mickey Galt isn't even an elite fighter. He's a yeah. bottom tier, like middle of the road coming up fighter. So that even shows you how much distance between Mickey Gall and Mike Jackson there really is. Yeah. It's it's insane. So CM right. Punk is an amateur essentially you know what i mean um he didn't have the difference between cm punk and like say batista or brock lesnar or that mexican dude is they have a background in martial arts whether it's wrestling or well it's usually wrestling really? um, or jiu-jitsu or something like that that is a actual martial art cm punk i don't know what how he got into pro wrestling but it wasn't through any type of martial art. It wasn't through amateur. No, he was he was a good actor. 
Man, yeah, stop which, saying that shit. It's fucking 2018, all right, man? Which, no. which you don't see that Jer- often. Stop, stop Jer- calling them actors at this point, Jeremy, bro. Jeremy. Isn't they, that what they are? They fucking are. But they fucking do crazy shit. No, Let's see you do Aaron, that shit. They're, they're athletes. Jeremy, Jeremy, they're fucking actors. They're playing characters. They're scripting dialogue. What the fuck is that? Acting. It's yeah. called acting, Jeremy. I'm calling it <laughs> what it fucking is. Stop getting You're pissed like off that guy over that's the like, facts. It's real to me, damn it. I didn't Dude, say it's, it's real to me. It's, it's called not real. Everything's fake and everything like that, but fucking jumping off I of fucking I didn't say anything about their shit. abilities in the wrestling aspect, but they're still playing I mean, characters I mean, and they're Kane acting. I mean, Kane is a stuntman and an athlete, but he's still an actor. Yes, dude. It's it, it's not a disrespect to anything. That's what they're doing. It's entertainment, just like movies. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing, man. The except only they're a little bit more physical. The they're just a bunch of stuntmen out there that can act pretty well. You know, play these yeah. characters and yeah. shit, man. I mean, like, <laughs> fucking Ric Flair, yeah. man. Like, he was amazing. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I think that it very much finally reveals the fact that well, not finally. I think a lot of people knew, but it sets in stone the fact that just because you're an athlete does not mean you can fight. Completely different things. Well, I think you yeah. proved so that. So anytime the pro wrestler <laughs> fanboys say like, oh, you should try to take a turnbuckle to the face. It's like that. Honestly, that doesn't matter in a real fight. Honey. Like, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it was it was a cool experiment. I don't want to see the UFC do it again. Um uh, there, there's a reason why Brock Lesnar was successful because he beast. had a background. <laughs> Ken Shamrock as well, to a lesser yeah. extent. Rumor has it Brock Lesnar might actually be fighting again, which is pretty cool. Uh, I've always been a fan of watching him fight. I hate him as a person. Like, not not hate, but I, I'm not a fan of his personality. He's very Such a lame. huge ego. Uh, he's just lame. He says lame stuff. Um, That's why he's fucking... Paul Heyman talk for him all the time. Yeah, and that sword tattoo is atrocious. Can we all point that out? <laughs> well, it's that, there forever. That thing is pretty whack. But I, 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 if one thing can be taken away, is CM Punk has mad heart, and I appreciate that and respect that. That's cool. Not many people would do that. Many of wrestlers have had a chance to do that, and nobody tries it. And the reason they don't try it is because you usually look dumb. Unless you have, oh, he did look pretty dumb. Yeah, but you know what? He tried. Like how he was running after him into the side of the cage. He looks fucking stupid. (laughs) His stand, his like, you could tell right away that his stand up was so bad. Like he just doesn't have the fluidity, and he doesn't have he the combinations. He's like just kind of throwing wild punches. It's just you could tell a trained fighter versus somebody who's just picking it up. It's just a lot different. But yeah, that's that. That's it. Did you guys want me to debut my new segment here? Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. So I don't know what to call this. As of right now, we're calling it. They said what? That's what it is. So basically, I have reviews here. They can be from Bloody Disgusting. They can be from a reviewer. They can be from one of our friends. 
Uh, but I will stick to the wheelhouse of similar people. So once you guys get them revealed, it'll probably be like the same like six or seven people. So <clears throat> the concept here is I'm going to read a review. I'm omitting anything that gives away what the film is, and I'm retyping it like uh, instead of the Frank. So you're Darabon, kind of paraphrasing. Yeah, I'll title it to male lead if it's in the review, if the person's name is in the review or something like that. And I'm going to read the review. This The first one's a little bit long, so bear with me. Uh, but I thought it was funny for, for the first one. And then your goal between you and Jeremy is to guess the title of the movie and the reviewer. If you get either of them, you get a point. If you get Oh, we're doing them, another point system? Yes. Kind of just be like a team thing. Well, a team thing? Is there enough just me people and Mood, for... Just me and Moods trying to guess what it is. Me and Moods... You and Moods versus me? No, just me and Moods is trying to guess who it is. Why does that have to be a fucking contest? I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> but one thing is it is handicapped. Jeremy gets two guesses. Moods gets one. Because Moods has seen more movies. Alright. Alright. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> first review. I have two tonight. This here turned out to be quite a rather dull and overblown effort without a whole lot uh, to really like. The most detrimental and rather unimpressive element featured here is the film's simple storyline. Yes. Are we going to wait to the end to reveal or what do we have? You can guess whenever you want, but keep in mind you only get one. But do you have to say them both at the same time or could we say what we think is the movie when we come up with the movie first no you could do either one whenever okay all right <clears throat> here is the film this film simple storyline that doesn't really allow it any kind of semblance to being a horror film as the psychological implications generate very little shocks or actual supernatural scenarios the shots of the family arriving at the location and it comes see night. that's one that's that's one that I changed, right? I changed what the person said to location. So, uh, no, you're wrong, by the way. So, oh, you lost your guess. Uh, Ooh, the family have arriving <laughs> at Fuck. the location and being shown around the location, procrastinating while trying to work. That's another one that I admitted. Work. I changed it to something else. Nope. And the continuous shots of him being simply staring off into space as the camera tries to make us think. Actually, you know what? You guys can. I I think it would be fair if you guys get more guesses. But uh, the camera tries to make us think that it's building towards insanity is mostly pretty laughable as there is little explanation for anything throughout here. The scenes by themselves aren't considered normal horror scares for a reason in that they play more like the activities that occur in a drama, which is what it feels like more often than anything. As despite the few times it really tries to swing things over into the horrific, mostly window dressing against the more common drama elements that are put into play far more often in here. Those scenes make it difficult to fully understand many other horror efforts. This is going to be funny when you guys find out what the movie is. Uh, Horror efforts present in the later half where it starts getting into full-on effects of the meltdown, which makes no sense. And that further furthers another big, highly problematic effort here in the film is completely unsure about what is actually happening to him. Though it makes... Correct. What did he say? The Shining. The Shining. Oh, fuck. 
I was thinking, <laughs> the, yeah, that the, this is probably the line that was going to give it away. Though it makes a small mention of bi- being built on top of a burial ground there. Ah! So much unsure <laughs> about the out, but you could have thought poltergeist as well. Yeah. So much here about the outline of events that cause him to become an unstable maniac when. There are so many other elements coming into play here Deeper. to account that change. Going from the idea that the burial ground is a concept of yeah. tormenting spirits, then finally his own mental instability. Okay, I'll skip along here. I had my I uh, had modern in my mind free from the start. I thought it was getting something modern. So no, no. So uh <laughs> At, at the very end, the last line says, "All too often, it takes up too much space, and the characters are so small compared to it. The already massive building looks even bigger than it really is." With the powerhouse final that includes the film's only real suspenseful moments, attitude toward action, they're uh, enough to help the somewhat, but not enough to overcome the flaws. Five out of ten. Sack. No. <laughs> Five out of ten. Five out of yeah. ten. You would give it a five out of ten. That was just a joke. I, also, I changed the ratings from whatever format they written it on. So if it's like two, it's if it's out of like four stars, I'll change it to a ten scale system. But five out of ten. So damn, dude. I don't know. I don't have a clue who that is. Ebert. I don't think it's Ebert. I think he would have gave that movie high rank, high marks. Take a guess, guys. Get you get a guess. I'm gonna Anything? go with the. I'm going with Ebert. Okay. Um, That's what I think it is. Yeah. What do you I'm gonna go with. Because I'll, I'll, I'll go with his. I'll go with his. I'll go with his. His side partner. I'll go with Siskel. Because I. I believe that they did shit on that. <laughs> uh, no, it is Don Anelli. <laughs> <laughs> it is Don Anelli. He gives that movie a five, but he gives Jersey Shore Shark Attack a uh, nine out of ten. Dude, my head is is spinning right now. <laughs> Like, the Shining is a style. five out of ten. Exorcist style, man. Oh my god, that's bizarre. <laughs> that needs a fucking mental examination. Okay, so Jeremy Ooh. comes away with that round with one point. Yes. Uh, let's go into round number two. Oh, how many are we doing? Is it just a- two? Just two. And this won't be an every episode thing. It's just here and there. All right. This film brings to the genre is what this film brings to the genre is a refreshing sound of laughter. This movie is disgusting, of course. It's impossible to satirize this material, I imagine, without presenting the subject matter you're satirizing. But this film, I'm changing certain things. Like, they mentioned the film title, but I change it to this film, uh, is not nearly as gruesome as the films it satirizes. And it finds its right stylistic note for its central characters, who are simple, cheerful, smiling, earnest, and resourceful cannibals. This film is a ramshackle place that seems to be located in some redneck backwoods uh, where these characters all live. It is operated by a friendly male lead and his sister. This district is... Motel Hell? No, why did I say that? No. You're correct. It's Motel Hell. Oh, yes. for fuck's sake. Yes. <laughs> Seriously? That was yes. Motel Hell? God damn it. Yes. That was a lucky yeah. fucking guess. I'm all good. Right, um... This oh, is man. just as well because Farmer Vincent, which that, I changed. That, that could have been fucking anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I'm very surprised he got that. Yeah, dude. I was like, uh, yeah, waiting this, for this something is where to give it, it away. Gives it, this is where it probably gives it away. Uh, uh, the lead specialty is burying people. Uh, he just yeah. doesn't wait 
until they're dead. He uh, waylays unsuspecting travelers, knocks them unconscious, buries them up to their necks in a secret yeah. garden, oh. flattens them up with the cattle feeding. And, and I was like, why did I say that? Dead giveaway. I can't believe you got it before the actual giveaway. This is now, insane, now don't, don't forget, there's still the, the reviewer here. So, all right now, of course, this is disgusting, but hold on just a dog bone minute. It isn't simply the subject matter of sleazy movies that makes them reprehensible. It's their low... By the way, I suck at reading. Sorry, guys. (laughs) It's it's their... uh, It's their low opinion of human nature. uh, Jesus Christ, this is wordy. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Motel hell, like... We want... Okay. Let me skip down here. We want to be scared, sure, but we also want to laugh. Enjoying the delicious self-indulgence with uh, which Vincent Price and Christopher Lee hammed up, but horror movies stopped being funny, and now they're mostly just depressing, disgusting exercises into depravity. Motel Hell is a welcome change to pace. It's to Texas Chainsaw Massacre as airplane uh, is to airport. It's some great moments including the dual fight with chain dual fight with chainsaws a hero swinging the okay you guys get the point i know so, who okay who ebert that's who you're saying man guessing the reviewer is insanely hard um <laughs> I, I read this before i know i got it right I, I i just don't i'm trying to think um christian once, once, he, once he said the Christopher Lee and Vincent Price line, I know who it was. Yeah, Jeremy's correct. Wow, it is. I'm, in I'm, fact, I'm, I think I'm more like, in shock that they actually reviewed Motel Hell. You know what? I'm in shock that Jeremy got three points out of this when I expected nobody to get a point. I can't believe he got Motel Hell with that description before it was given away. I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> Jeremy killed it, dude. I'm, I'm good at trivia, bro. I'm good at yeah. that. I'm good at that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't do good at horror trivia nights, but I mean, yeah, I, I did okay. I would have got that two lines after, even though I never knew what fucking Jason's dad's name was. Anyway, good job, dude. Anyway, yeah. that's that's the concept there. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I, I'll try to shorten them up next time because I didn't realize how long that would actually take to read. I'll, I'll remove a few lines or something, but uh, or pick shorter reviews. But that's the concept. It could be. Um, like most of the time it's going to be people that we know, you know what I mean? It's not going to be like, like it might be, you can just say bloody disgusting. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say a specific person, you know what I mean? For that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Cool stuff. Oh, And he rated it like a seven out of 10 in his, in if you transfer his four star rating for motel hell, which is pretty cool. Three, three out of four stars. I think. Man, I can't. Yep. That's just that's shocking to me. All right. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, well, let's get into some dead mail. You've got mail. Yeah. All right. So this issue, man, this is a really nice, nice copy. Uh, we have issue number one hundred and eleven from April nineteen ninety two. And on the cover, we have the main feature review is Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. And on the side, we have uh, first exclusive look at the Leprechaun. Um, Yo, that's awesome. More King thrills the lawnmower man. Techno killer strikes. (laughs) 
um, Stepfather 3, Father Slays Best, and then we have um, Dark Shadows, The Vagrant, and this film that I've never even heard of, but it seems awesome. It's called Guilty as Charged, and it looks like a electric chair type of film. I've never heard of this movie. Moods, have you heard of it? Yep. Yeah. Is that any good? I've never seen it. I know what the film is, though. All right, so let's get into some letters from folks. I sticky note this off, but I'll probably fuck them up. Okay, here we go. All right, this one comes from Judd Nelson uh, from Charleston, West Virginia. And he writes, I just returned from seeing Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs for the second time, and I have only one thing to say. Wow, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, including Stephen Gordon's The Pit and the Pendulum. Craven has not made a movie like this since the original A Nightmare on Elm Street and The Hills Have Eyes. Though The People Under the Stairs is no comparison to his last house on the left, it still takes Craven back to his original formula. He is one of the best directors in the genre, and I can't wait to see more of his work. That's it. Well, it's a great movie. At least he appreciated it, unlike a lot of people back when it came out. Yep. So we have a lot more people writing about that, but I'll write about somebody who didn't like the movie. And he says, you know things are getting bad in the genre when the best film Russ Craven has done in the last couple of years is the made-for-TV movie Night Visions. As you can tell, I did not like his news release to people under the stairs. Fuck him. The thing that ticked me off the most was that it looked like it was going to be a horror movie. It started off with two very creepy characters um, and turned them into Disney villains. What started out as a horror film became an action adventure. Dude, seriously, adventure. Disney villains? Who is this jackass? <laughs> this, I, like, I understand what he's saying. This is not a straight horror film. But Disney villains, dude? Come on. There's like incestual like rape subtext under here i was just gonna yeah. say that since when does disney villains you know have subtext of incest well not really technically incest since they stole her but rape at least pedophilia yeah. and also yeah. fucking ch- serious child abuse <laughs> cutting tongues out of children damn it yep uh what started as a horror film became an adventure action adventure along the lines of die hard and ended up as a comedy I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm getting tired of movies that are billed as horror flicks but are actually filled with humor. I'm glad Freddy's dead, and I hope Chucky is too. We need to get the shock back into horror films. People should not. People should leave the theater unnerved to not laughing. That's that's it. I mean, yeah, there should be horror films that unnerve you. That's yeah. but is that all there ever should be that i don't understand these arguments that you can only have one type of horror movie isn't that yeah, a but this is back in 1992 boring? though i don't give a like, damn that it's still relevant yeah, you know what i'm saying like this guy's dumb yeah and nobody's forcing him to <laughs> watch what, these but, but these horror like, comedies let's like, let's like think that. about what what in 1992 what horror comedies were there well, well, I mean, lots, that, was a, that was he he has a fair point that he is in the 90s and there it mostly is bullshit that's coming out yeah. like Leprechaun and um, Child's Play 3 and uh, Necromantic. That's definitely not funny. Um, <laughs> what else came out in 91? Well, it depends on how uh, you look Puppet at it. Puppet Master like five or something. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean. I just don't. I, I I don't. I would be so bored if every horror film was dark and depressing and scary. I just only. don't get. It. I I don't understand sitting there and complaining about 
that type of, if you don't like the horror comedies, don't fucking watch them. And let's yeah. not pretend right? like people like, under the stairs is like a laugh out loud fucking horror comedy. It's not. No, it's not. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it has elements of like the adventure, but that's because you're dealing with a little ass kid. You know, just like it has an, uh, uh, elements of an adventure. But the, there's a lot of dark subject matter in people under the stairs. But it also has like tons of. Sh- he didn't bring up any of the social commentary. Like people under the stairs is is vastly underrated. Craven flick. Um, especially when you're talking about like grand scheme of like the nineties, <laughs> but that guy's completely off base. All right. Um, David P. Kelly from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania writes, I was delighted to read that the Godfather Mastro Francis Ford Coppola is playing a big screen version of Dracula. Nona Ryder and Anthony Hannibal, the Hannibal, the cannibal Hopkins are just perfect as respectively, Mina and Van Helsing. I have written Coppola with suggestions for additional casting. Wait till you hear this, guys. Number one, El Pacino as the gun Heather Kornowski, the embattled Bavarian mob boss. So I guess he wants El Pacino. Um, Robert DeFall as the Dracula family attorney and media spokesman. And Marlon Brando as himself. Let's hope that Mr. Coppola has enough sense to consider my suggestions. They could only help. What a fucking dumbass. All right. And this uh, guy is fucking who? Just so there's some <laughs> random dude. Just suggest. Well, yeah, fucking... I'm sure Francis Ford Coppola is going to listen right yeah, up. Buddy. Like, there's, there's so much here, guys. Like I, I want to read most of that. these. Stuff. All right. This guy writes from Britain, and he writes... I could read about the three Texas Chainsaw Massacre films in your excellent magazine. I could study the gory photos for hours. I could see excerpts on TV in Stephen King's This Is Horror, and I could even wear a TCM shirt. But what can I do? I can't see the films themselves. What terrible affliction do I suffer from that prevents this, I hear you ask? I live in England, where the original 1974 Chainsaw is still banned. Where can I easily rent society and watch all sorts of explicit gore? Oh, to see the Chainsaw films, to watch the unrated versions of the Friday the 13th movies. Am I a 16-year-old gore hound? No, I'm a 37-year-old happily married with a beautiful wife and a beautiful baby. I have a responsible job in the legal profession. I'm a committed Christian and a Methodist preacher. I just want the freedom to watch the films I enjoy, but the English censored is worried that if I see uncut films, I might go berserk and become a serial killer or axe-wielding maniac. I suppose I could get these films illegally and expensively, but in my job, that's hardly advisable. So I just have to live without the sight of Barbara Crampton holding a dummy head between her legs and reanimator or Jason (laughs) snapping somebody's back. In the meantime, all I could do is echo Billy Warlock's comment in society and say to the censor, butthead. Fuck censorship and that that's yeah, the that shit was still going on back then, that, huh? That's Crazy. The, that's the coolest preacher I've ever heard of. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I think you might have exaggerated there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's another one about the Bower, which is an awesome film. I wish that would finally get a fucking DVD release, but I'll skip it for time. And then um, this one says. Um, in your July issue, you commented on how the new video release subspecies was an odd mixture of vampire myth and gremlins ripoff. I just saw the movie and was completely taken off guard by how well made and authentic it is. I am particularly fond of the vampire genre and very critical of many of the vampire movies made, and this was one of the best. No other movie has been able to capture the authentic surrealism and gothic atmosphere of Transylvania. 
Anders Hove was fantastic as Radu, the evil vampire. I've not seen such creepy believability since the original Nosferatu. The shots of Radu's shadow slithering into the darkness and his fi- fingernails on the wall and the way he slowly rises out of the ruins are classic. This is not a ripoff of anything, much less Gremlins. Of all movies, the only correlation I could see is the little demonic creatures that are only seen in the brief moment throughout the film. And they're actually pretty interesting anyway. That's it. You know what? I always always thought that those little subspecies fucks were the entire movie. Like when I would see the poster for subspecies. Yeah. But they're they're literally like almost pointless. But I wish they were in the movies more. They're pretty cool. All right. And the last one. Um, It's taken eight years, but the makers of Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, the toy maker, has finally delivered a creative and imaginal sequel, which lends the Silent Night, Deadly Night series some credibility. Brian (laughs) Yusena first put some life into the series. Wait, hold on. Go back. What? It has taken eight years, but the makers of Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, the toy maker, has finally delivered a creative and imaginative sequel, which lends the Silent Night, Deadly Night series some credibility. Brian okay. using a first put some life there into the go. series, but Dane Slayathon by developing a weird story with the help of screaming mad George FX from Silent Night Deadly Night 4, he carried the blood and bizarre ideas into five, and along with director Martin Kritzer added a touch of humor. The acting and budget appeared to be the best yet, and the surprise ending is little like nothing I've seen in a horror film in quite a long time. Mickey Rooney is terrific as the abusive father, gentle toy shop owner. Also, the return of several four actors helped connect this installment to the previous one. I forgot about that. Aside from the movie, no, aside from the movie's notable lack of snow, if Uza and his associates continue making sequels with this element of originality, they may finally give the Silent Night, Deadly Night series a little respectability. Well. We all know how that ended. <laughs> that was the last one. That was the last long... one. Yeah. Huh. I like the toy maker though. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, part four is probably the best one. We all know about part. Three. I would say part one's the best, but that's I just mean, me. you sequel wise. Nah, sequel-wise. three, three and four. I think five is better than three. Oh four. man, three is so bad. Well, it's in the hall of pain for a reason. Three. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. I would take two over the both of those though. Yeah, two has oh, rewatchability yeah. to it because it's just so ridiculously funny. It's so fun. The worst part is yeah. watching it after part one, though. You can't do that because you're just watching part one again. For the exactly. Most part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that all of Dead And if you more? want two evil eyes on VHS, please send seventy nine ninety five and three eighty five UPS shipping to Marshall Discount Video Service. So eighty bucks for a tape back in the day. And now well, we bought my good for like ten cents. I mean, it is a film by two of the top four finalists in the best, greatest director of all time. I can't believe they were yeah. still charging eighty bucks in the early nineties. Like that was yeah. you know mid eighties, kind of early eighties prices. That's insane. All right, wow. these are the VHS tapes that were coming out in uh, April nineteen ninety two, and I'll save the stepfather stuff for when we get to, to the film. Uh, we have Hider in the House, starring Gary Busey, um, released by Festron. <laughs> what the fuck? Gary Busey. Um, the Arrival, from the director of Puppet Master, so you know what that is. Um, e- Eve of Destruction. Um, it. Yep. 
it the terror from beyond space nice uh the green the green slime and archive and tales that witness madness from paramount yeah all of release that blu-ray oh really yeah that is dead mail until we get to Stepfather right. 3, but that is it for that. I, I do have a contest to do for May, which we never did. Contest, Ryan? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, these were the people who supported us on Patreon back in May. So we have Sam Edwards at the top with a $30 tier. Jesus, Sam, you're the man. Uh, then we have Derek under that. Mark Letham. Tone Joker, Mikey Fish, my homie, and yours. Fucking uh, asshole. Fan of Eli, Mikey James Cowks, Rob Hankins, Taylor Heidier, Jerry. The fucker. Dave. Check out Dave's show, which is. Um, does he have a name for it? No, not, not Dave Z. Dave, Mr. Parka. Yeah, it's just this weekly. Re- I think it's this. Yeah, it, it, I know it's on screamingtoilet.com, I think. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Tony. Can, yeah. yeah. Tony Arroyo, Lawrence Miller IV, Dustin Baker, Carly, Andy Zavala, Glenn Beersford, TJ Franks, Marco from Finland, Jonathan <laughs> Wilhelm, Marco, <laughs> Blaine <Finland>. Bartlett, <laughs> Amanda Wingle Nick. Uh, Dub Doubles, Michael Kemp, Joe Flesh. Whoa, holy shit, guys. I didn't even realize this. We had a $2 tier, and I didn't even notice it. $2 tiers is a ask us stuff. So um, we're going to have to hit up Joey. Because we missed. (laughs) Shut up, man. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so... But but the thing you can do that for free. You can. <laughs> but we're not gonna guarantee that we're gonna answer it. If you wanna guarantee that we're gonna answer it. Well, we know, still need to fucking pick a movie for the horror mafia, because we fucking Oh, okay. Gotta pick uh, something. Action Jackman, Matt Wells, and Paul Garcia. Thank you guys, all you guys who supported us in May. That was quite a lot of people. Wow. Uh, we appreciate it a lot. You guys are are awesome and i just had a contest on the fi- facebook page too so if you if you're not part of that join the facebook ca- page uh we had um i think wilhelm won uh strangers 2 fucking so. oh it was him neil didn't win no actually because didn't. neil won on fucking jason's contest as well so he yeah. it was close neil was two. winning but see that was the argument we had a long time ago when i said the the estimates versus the actuals matter so uh, Sunday, you get the estimates, but because Sunday hasn't passed, that's not the actual number. It's just the estimates. So Neil was winning if it was going by the estimates, but on Monday when the actuals came out, it actually changed the winner. That's why it matters. I've been saying that, and you argued with me, so fuck you, Jeremy. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and draw a winner. This time, we're giving away a Synapse Blu-ray of Suspiria. Now, it does it's not new it has a hole punch in it so you mean you got this for free and you're just giving it away yeah isn't that what we mostly give away what have you give didn't you mostly give away free shit yeah okay we bought stuff too so i don't want to hear that bullshit we give away tons of stuff we pay with our own money as well you know so but when we have extra i i, I had an extra suspiria what am i supposed to do with it not give it away okay. right 
All right. All right. Give it to the listeners. I'm sure they're not complaining. All right. Where where we got it from. All right. All right. I got it, bro. But what do you? Let me ask you. What are you giving away for this month? Um, I'm gonna give away yeah. Trauma films. And where did you? Where did you get those traumas? Yeah, where did you get those traumas? I got free. Yeah. (laughs) Some really acidine ones. Listen, I've never we've given away more stuff out of our own pocket than any other podcast. I guarantee it, guarantee it. Especially when we're paying hundreds of dollars for shipping back in the day. Um, but anyway, let's hit the randomizer here, and the winner is. Please don't be Jerry. Please don't be Jerry. Please don't be Jerry. Please don't be Jerry. The winner is actually Carly. Oh, thank God. That's easy. I don't even have to ship it. Rigged. Rigged. <laughs> hey, if if it wasn't me, I would call the same thing. So listen, you just want to get there, you just want to get fingered, you bitch. I don't. <laughs> she if she has, I don't know. She might have it. I don't know if she has this or not. But if she has it, I'm sure I'll just give it to someone else. Uh, second place was Dave Parker, who probably also has it. Uh, Dave Parker. Oh, he definitely does. Because <laughs> he gets that. So if Carly has it and and Dave has it, the third person would have been Dubby. Oh, so, thank God. Which probably has it since it's his favorite film. Just going to say Dubby, that. Man. Just going to say that. <laughs> the fourth person was Lawrence. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, I swear to God, I did not rig that, guys. I, you guys know me. I would never do that. Yep. Especially since it's free and I don't pay for the shipping. There's no point. Well, you guys, I mean, you got to give something to your girlfriend, anyways. I give her all kind of stuff. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you, like hand jobs. I bet you do. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's May. Uh, next episode, Jeremy will do the June contest since we're a little behind. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's your stepfather going to do when he finds out? He's going to kill me. Oh, Gia, getting into the featured reviews here on episode 137. And this, like I said off the top of the show, is a Patreon-picked show. Jonathan, Will. Yes. Jonathan. And he picked a yeah, it was uh, It was voted by the group, though, because he threw out a, a handful of like franchise-slash-trilogies, and this was the highest voted, so... I wonder why this one got voted. I don't know. I was very happy with it, though, because I've been wanting to do these films for a long time. Yeah. Stepfather franchise, man. Um, well, I guess let's get right into this here. Uh, the original Stepfather film from 1987, directed by Joseph Rubin, who also directed a film I really enjoy called Dreamscape. I've always liked that one. He did that one a few years prior, and that's pretty much all I know him for. Um, but yeah. Um, of course, starring Terry O'Quinn as a stepfather, and uh, the beautiful Jill Sholin is in this. I always, I always thought that man, she should have done a lot more horror films. You know, she did about four or five, and that's about it. Yeah, but I always love Jill Sholin, man. She's got a great look to her, man. There's something pretty cool about it. But we'll get into more about her later on. Um, so, quick little synopsis here: After murdering his entire family, a man remarries a widow with a teenage daughter in another town and prepares. To do it all over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, first up, man, I got to say, uh, the stepfather has one of the best opening scenes of oh, all yeah. time. Of all time. The shot of him walking down the stairs is, I'm, is fucking amazing, I've bro. Always said this, I've always said this before. It's one of the most haunting images. And just 
just the way it's shot. It's fucking it, brutal. It's, it's so <laughs> subtle too, and it's like it's amazing. So the film opens up with Terry Quinn. Uh, it's actually you know the the original poster art is basically the opening scene. Uh, he's in the bathroom and he's got a beard and he's changing his identity because he has just massacred his entire family. So we get this scene. And oddly enough, you get to see his penis. I don't know why I have to bring that up, but it's just it's an odd scene <laughs> where you get to see his penis in like the first shot in the film. It's so weird. Um, but he's doing his transformation because, like I said, he's massacred his entire family. So he nonchalantly walks downstairs and goes through the front door and you get to see the carnage. And it's like one of those it's one of those scenes where. It's it's a perfect example of how off-screen kills can work so effectively. Just it, it makes it so subtle. I love it. But mm-hmm. the massacre scene, man, is just <laughs> so fucking violent and brutal. And the way he walks out so subtly and so nonchalantly is just it's haunting as shit, man. It's really haunting. He walks up the street in broad daylight with a suitcase and just moves on. But it, it's yeah, the carnage, I think man. That, um, it, you can't get it out of your mind though. Like I love I that scene that, so much. It's brutal. It's one of those scenes where it doesn't really show you that much. Like it's kind of like far away shot, and your imagination really, yeah, your imagination really, yeah, paints a picture. It does so, and like, but it's the blood spot. Like they went to town with doing that scene up because there is a lot of carnage. This is not a gory movie. Like that's the most violence we see, pretty much. You know what I mean? No, I mean the when he kills the uh the psychiatrist, I think that is just vicious. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's pretty violent too. Mm-hmm. But I think that it, I, what I mean is like in terms of like pure blood. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely like, not a gory gory film. I think it's are, the whole series is like that though. Yeah, there's not really a lot of yeah, blood and gore and stuff. I think this film yeah, right here I has I hate when people call these movies slasher films. Mm-hmm. No. They're not slashers. I think it's not it's a high just, body count or anything like that. It's just. I think why it works the, so the well. The stepfather is an underrated villain, though. Yeah, because um, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Because he's a he's an everyday looking person. Yeah, and, and he's a manipulator. He's just some but, gullible bitches. <laughs> it, I mean, it kind probably, of. It probably happens, but I the think the whole I, franchise. I think with, with this film, man, the, the kills though are. I mean, there's not a whole lot of them. But when they happen, they're so mean-spirited, man. Like, when he takes out that psychiatrist and the way he does it, it's just... If you look at his face while he's beating him down with that 2 by 4 it's just uh-huh. mean. It's brutal. It's vicious. It's violent. And, you know, you don't need a kill every three minutes in a film to be effective. And, man, when they have him in this one, it's just, fuck. It hits home, kaboom. man. kaboom! It hits home, man. It really does. I think that this movie does really well with painting the stepfather as not just a not just a killer but like it adds a lot of psychological elements to it um with both how he sees the outside world uh he's definitely a sociopath well his Um, transformation in the beginning says a lot about his personality personalities no i i no i don't think he does i think he's just clinically insane like he's just insane because anybody that's willing to mask her whole family and change your identity and you know not give a fuck you know, not, there's something serious trace or anything like, yeah, that. yeah. I mean, he's smart, right? He's definitely really, really smart. He knows a way to proceed with his life by not having IDs. You know, that's something that's very prevalent. That but but here's the thing. It Jeremy doesn't. made some kind of weird argument that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, with the fact you said something about fingerprints. I don't know if you're talking about the second one or the first one or, or what you were saying. Don't you think that 
if um, I don't know. I, I just think he's feel talking like, about the third one with the fingerprints. Is because they do mention the fingerprint thing later on in the film where he, they say some I forget what they say. I, I think he, I think you're kind of misled a little bit. It's not that the police don't know who this guy is. It's just that they don't know where he is. Like they're very aware that this guy exists through like all of the films. But that it's just he's really That's good at bullshit. losing the trail. Why is it bullshit? How does he lose the trail time and time and time again? Because he thing, just disappears. The thing that um, actually changes his identity in the first film. In the first film, um, the brother. There, there's like a kind of a subplot with the brother who was Is that um, the brother. Oh, of the yeah. Murder family. So yeah, so he's along with a detective, like a kind of like a PI, um, mm-hmm. and he wants to find you know the stepfather. He wants to you know find this guy and kill him, kind of thing. Because um, the stepfather massacred his sister. Yeah, so he was yeah. it, the Her opening family. scene. Yeah, the opening scene in the film is was his sister that got massacred. So now he's after him. So she, he actually knows this guy. Like he spent time with him. He was fooled by him. Stuff yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. He actually knew who he was. But it's just there's something <laughs> it always kind of cracks me up about because they kind of figure it out very. I don't know, almost conveniently in the film a little bit. He's like, well, you know, he's been going somewhere for like the last year and he's been getting back at this certain time. So he had literally has a map out and he's got it circled to, on, on how far he can go and things like that. I, I just, every time I watch the film, I'm just like, how did he come to that conclusion? So, you know, I so like, prominently, man, it's like, wow, this is exactly I feel, I what feel he's like doing. Only the second film actually has a logical. Yeah. Reveal yeah they, I think finding out. Like yeah, the third film's is. weak with it. Oh, and the, the third film's the worst. I think the I think the subplot with the brother and like how we how we actually finds him and everything, the way that thing plays out during this whole film is kind of silly. It's because ridiculous. if he knows who it is, why doesn't he go be to the cops and be like, "Oh, this is the guy. Well, he's here." Why? Because he they don't go? know where he is. No, he doesn't. Want, he, he knows doesn't where want to. He, 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 he doesn't, doesn't know to, where he is. He no. finds out eventually. No. So why would he go straight there instead of going to the cops and be like, "Oh, this guy is here." Well, he doesn't want to go to the cops because he wants to kill him. He also, like jurisdictions and different stuff, it's probably in a different state. He doesn't want the cops involved because he wants and he to want, take matters it's, it's into revenge. his own hands. Yeah, he it's basically a revenge plot. Yeah, and that's why he has the PI because the PIs aren't you know connected to the police. Um, yeah. So, but the way that whole thing kind of plays out in the film, I, it's kind of laughable. It's kind of ridiculous that he pretty much figures it out. He's got to be around here, and I'm just like, okay. I think the last little thing, right, was when he he found the magazine with the pages ripped out. Yeah, and then he goes to the and, library to you know to find out what the pages were. Yeah, but wasn't it like was was it a like top ten like best places to live or yes. something like that? Yeah, he like, just randomly pick one, and it was right. <laughs> it was you know the top ten comfort areas in America or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, oh, right? by the way, guys, spoilers ahead. This is a spoiler show. Yes. Yep. Oh, we always forget to say that for the for the franchises, but um, but yeah, man. I mean, first off, I mean, getting away from you know the subplot, which <laughs> the way. The well, I will say, moods be- before we end uh, up end that subplot section. Um, I actually really dislike the the brother character. Yeah, and I think that does feel kind of yeah because that's probably like why they, they didn't the they film. didn't try it again you know you de- you deviate from the film and you kind of like it sh- it feels like it you're actually it. stepping out of it yeah it, it does it, it, it takes shouldn't you out of feel it. like that. i 100 yeah. percent agree with that and that's actually that's one why of the they major didn't do issues. it again though that's know? why i have a major that's one of the major issues i have with this film is that i feel like every time they're showing that storyline it completely takes you right out of it 
because it's yeah. there's and then it, it ends it. pointlessly too with him yeah it's, it's that fucking feast thing right <laughs> remember that scene in feast where that guy's like oh i'm gonna be the hero and then he gets killed two seconds <laughs> yeah. later <laughs> it's kind of what happens yeah. he did nothing he didn't do anything literally nothing he just, literally he just nothing. died yeah it's just he just got so, stabbed that he died it's almost like they didn't know what to do with the character. Like, you know, can't make him a hero because it's that's so why obvious. They didn't do it again. Yeah, it's, like it's, I, if it, if it wasn't for a little bit of plot involving the stepdaughter finding, like, trying to get the information on him, yeah, like that dude is completely unneeded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is you know a very that's one thing that's very prevalent throughout this franchise is that you have that person that just recognizes that there's something up with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's very prevalent in all the films. Like somebody has a hunch that this dude is not right, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's essentially what we have here is four of the exact same films with different. Because don't I, yeah, that's yep. why I was thinking like they all like yep. blend together. Yeah, they're they very do. much they, the same. Really I'm trying to, like I'm trying to like remember the kills in part two. Like I was laying in bed last night going, "What the fuck happened to part two again?" Oh, that <laughs> that's the way part two ended. Yeah. It was I the mean, they, boy they, and the yeah. mom and the wedding and oh yeah, now I remember. But it's like I don't remember anything like in between I, I even though i watched this, it they do change up like yeah the story is generally the same exactly but so. it makes sense because even before the first stepfather we get the sense that he's done this many times over yeah. so this he is doing the same thing because that's his whole point in existence yes is to find this perfect family that's his that's what's going on i just on. don't his like second. that they didn't say at the end of the first film that he was still alive like they made it seem like he was gone they could have had do something that multiple times I well, know, they but they could have had something with the mom they probably and the didn't expect that it was a i know gonna, i know that's exactly i think he i think technically in the in the Die. script he dies but then the movie yeah. was successful enough that they're like, well, fuck, man, we can just have him live through it, man. Like, you know, so now, same thing with the he sequel, gets arrested. The and he, he gets arrested and he gets thrown into the psychiatric ward. And yeah, but the way he escapes in the third one is just the way he escapes sequel. in the second one is fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> scene, too. I love that. He's so um, manipulative, man. It's just yeah. creative, too. It's awesome. Like the we'll way they set it. up that whole thing. But yeah, um, the, the, the stepfather himself, Terry O'Quinn. Oh, um, I know him stuff. lost. That's yep. where I know him from mostly, but, uh, he fits this role so well. Yeah. He's yeah. perfect because he's Good. an average everyday looking person. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. great, he doesn't look mean. He doesn't look bad. It's just, it's perfect casting. Um, and, and you know what? And I'll say this too. And this is prevalent throughout all four films. He does a really good job of making you think that he's a good guy. Because, like, even I feel like. But yeah, I think that's most awesome. That's this most. Awesome that's step-down. most. That's most prevalent in the remake. I feel yeah, most strongly they, they about that statement in the more. remake than the other three. Well, they even know I don't. I don't remake. really feel it too much. I don't really feel it too much in the third film. But the first two, I could see it. But it's it's definitely most prominent in the, in the remake. Yeah, in the third one, it you know they even there's even dialogue or in the fourth one in the remake they there's even dialogue stating like you know he's trying so hard all the time you know Mm -hmm. they even kind of throw that out there and shit and yeah but we'll get to that um yeah but in this film like i you i find myself not like necessarily rooting for him but i almost want him to have this perfect family that he wants because he it does seem like he he clearly has really hard clearly had a fucked up childhood that's the one thing like throughout the entire trilogy if you want to call it we never learn about his background you do a little bit in part two you do a little bit know that 
a little, little bit fucked up of a family. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's one thing but I love I about this movie. I appreciate that too. It reminds me of like the Hitcher with like Ryder or whatever his name is. I'm actually character. that's one thing about this movie that I fucking love is that they don't go into his background mm-hmm. at all. They don't give you anything. And you, they you just, don't need they to just in point the first out the bit. fact. They don't. And they just give you they they kind of lead you you know, in one, but I think it works. I think it works in a one, a single one film. But once you get into like the sequels, this, you know, the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth film of the series, I think you're going to have to at least have, you know, well, they do it like more and more in each film. I think they give you enough in part two to satisfy you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't need to know that much. You know, that there was something, you know, he had a lot of dramatic shit that happened to him when he was a child Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it fucked him up for life. Essentially family shit yeah. right so i mean that's really all you need to know i like in this film they just kind of point in the direction of you know he obviously had a fucked up life and you know and he's done this many many times and that's all you need to know that's that's scary you know i, th- I find that really works mm-hmm. so um but yeah terry o'quinn's performance in this film is really really what sells it all he's fucking brilliant i uh, i mean really it all brilliant. sort of gets unraveled whenever uh, I forget what the reason is, but he goes into the basement and he starts tripping. What was the reason that set him off? See, that's why all these fucking movies blend together. Um, Do you remember um, what it was? Yeah, it's uh, it's because <laughs> I think the daughter is starting to figure out. Yeah, but why would he flip out? Mm, yeah, well, I can't remember because that's his that's his mentality, and that's a, and that's like a tick. It's you know that's a tick that he. Oh has yeah, he, all the he, he sees like an article, and he was like, and he sees an article about the previous his his previous self when he murdered the other lady or whatever. That's right. yeah. yeah. So yeah. he goes into the basement. And he starts fucking rambling sure. and flipping yeah. out, and and she's down and there, right? She's yeah, down there, and oh, dude, it's like such an awkward moment mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. just know, like, uh oh, he fucked up, kind of, because that's not normal at all to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a really weird thing in the film. The very first time he introduces Jill Sholin as his daughter in the film, he actually calls her Jill. <laughs> he calls her <laughs> real name, and they kept it in the film. Her name's Stephanie but, in the movie. But it what was, was well? Maybe his other daughter was named Jill. Do we ever figure out what was her name? No. I, I mean, you could chalk it up to that, but I think it was probably a mistake. It actually, mm-hmm. I think it is a mistake. Yeah, he actually, they probably just had a really good take, and they're like, "Fuck, we gotta." Let's keep look this. at IMDb. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking it totally. He totally calls her Jill at one point. I actually laughed, and I was like, "What? Her name's not Jill." What the fuck? You, you know, the this first film is very simple. Yes, there's Let's not. Want to read? Want to read some trivia? Sure. All right. Uh, Jill claimed she was so disturbed from filming the violent final act she had recurring nightmares for a week about being chased by terry o'quinn these nightmares occurred as a reenactment of the scene she was filming at a time loosely based on the story of john list a new jersey man who killed his family in 1971 and was on the run until 1989 when his profile on the television show america hey, Jeremy, Most 19 1971 and 1989 people do it all the time the yeah. first draft of the script featured flashbacks that explained how Jerry Blake became a killer by showing that he was abused as a kid. I'm really glad that they never See? used that. I'm really s- glad they didn't do that. Exactly. That's not, uh, a, that's you know not what? good. I'm a fan of learning backstory. I love Halloween for that reason, but I love it for a different reason because I've already seen the other version. Yes. yes. Uh, this film didn't need that because yep, it's there it is. own 
solo story. When Jerry mixes up Stephanie's name to the little girl, he says his daughter's name is Jill, yeah. which is the name of the actress who plays Stephanie. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. So, so one thing that I'll say about this is that um, when you're when you're looking at you know this character and how, you can kind of chalk it up like to leave it in that he because there's that line later like who am i like and and we see it throughout the films too that he mistakens and mixes up stuff so you could leave it in as like oh just another element of his weird mess ups you know Mm -hmm. it makes it would have helped it makes perfect sense because it actually plays in because you know there's that tick you know at the end where he's like who am i yeah, when he says yeah. the wrong that's another recurring theme throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, who no, we see we see it in this film um, with the "Who am I?" in the next film. Um, I'm not sure if we see it in that one, but the third film, you definitely see him uh, call his son so the other son's name, Nikki or whatever. Yeah, what it no, he does it in part uh, two also. It, and then he does it in the re- remake as well with his daughter who died in the accident. So it's it's yeah. something that's prevalent to his character, which it makes sense though, right? If you live all these double lives and you like, you, of course you're gonna do that. Well, even in the remake, he even says his daughter's name is just Lisa or something like that when it's yeah. uh, Lisa Michelle, someone, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He changes it up, yeah. so that's another point where he does it. Yep, exactly. And uh, when whenever. You know, Stephanie, like, okay, so this movie is very simple. It, it, it plays out very fast. It's They're fast, all simple. Yeah. yeah. But but this one, I think, is the simplest out of all four of them. It has, like, the least... Even um, simpler than part three? I think this. Yeah. I think that's why it works so well. Yeah. Well, it works so well, and you don't want the sequels to be as simple as the first one. That just doesn't make sense, you know? But as the first Live one... Victor it, Crowley is... Gateway film. Well, we talked about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll <do> <laughs> I'm just saying. That. Just saying. Well, just we. Saying. It's different. It definitely is different. Oh, um, so now it's different. What? Nothing. <laughs> I have no idea what he's referencing. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, whenever you have this this daughter character, though, the 16 year old, do you feel like? I don't know. Do you feel like do you feel like she's like solving the mystery like faster than any 16-year-old would? A little do bit. Do you feel like an 8-year-old in a wheelchair solves the mystery fucking I just well, feel we'll like later on. I just feel like, you know, every character in this franchise that has this they they're almost like these paranoid characters, right? <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It just it does. It always seems like they're coming Full circle I, I too feel fast like, with I feel like it's out. natural to have a suspicion that something ain't up with this guy because also these people are spent like the movies are taking place over the course of weeks and sometimes months and yeah. sometimes you know a half a year so they spend a lot more time than what's shown on camera you're going to mm-hmm. pick up weird quirks and inconsistencies and stuff like that but I mean the actual solving of the crime where she she hears about the, what does she hear about a guy who's killed people and she wants to see his actual pictures so she yes. like right yeah, she orders like, that just se- that seems she, way like, too convenient man she orders the she no, writes I, the coroner and she writes she gets the photos back but he sees them before yeah, she does that, because there's yeah, no evidence. he's always one step ahead which i like yeah. it's because mm-hmm. there's no evidence to lead to to directly link him to that it's just a hunch that she has 
and that and that's what we're seeing is just a hunch that she has and it's like ridiculous it's fine to have a hunch that hey this guy's probably not a good guy but it's a completely different exactly to expect that he's this killer that you heard of exactly (laughs) and it all and, and it's maybe it's not that crazy of a leap if it's this killer you heard of but it's a crazy leap if it actually is you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, it would make more sense if it wasn't, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I understand why somebody would do that. But the, the chances of it actually playing out that way are ridiculous. But I love how the stepfather is always one step ahead. Like he he conveniently checks the mail, but that it lends to his character because he's so suspicious. Yes. He know he's like constantly we, like looking for things that are wrong and, and things like that. It's and a funny scene, too, fun- actually. Because yeah. Yeah. When he's it would like, be pretty scary. She walks up there and she's like, or Jill Sholen. She's like, is there any mail for me? And he's like, yeah. But it's like all these movies are pretty he, convenient. But he's like, but it's something you shouldn't be reading. <laughs> like the yeah. way he says like that, right? And he fucking <laughs> yeah. throws her a big, thick cosmopolitan. I was like, ah, yeah, he plays funny. it off good. He plays yeah, it off good. pretty fun. He's lucky that magazine came too. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there goes his cover up. Yeah, yeah but um, you know, and and then I, I like how he swaps it with a photo of not him to throw her off the trail. But again, with all these movies, I love when everything starts to unravel because you really do feel the anxiety and the panic in the character of like. Oh, it's all happening again, damn it. And you know he's going to go murderous. <laughs> yeah, the family let him down again, all. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's a cool idea, man. You know, an insane It's dude a cool that, idea for a single film. Yeah. Yeah, once she, once she finds... And I like the roller coaster. Like, Shouldn't first she hates franchise. him, then she's disturbed by him, and then... Well, uh, you know she, what's actually, she's The picture's proven wrong, oh, man. then she starts to appreciate him and like him a little bit. You know what's really disturbing about the film, though, is that he has this plan where he's like, you know, if he, if he kills her psychiatrist, you know, she'll have to come to him for support. Oh and, yeah, and, it's and, and to kind of and it's to so kind of bring him and to bring and him closer, and he does, and he like that scene where he beats the shit out of him, like is just fucking vicious and brutal and shit. And then, yeah, and then, like after that, she's like, "How brutal that was!" Yeah, and watching it again, I was like, "Holy crap!" And then, like the next scene, she it, we find out that you know he switched the pictures and stuff, and now she's kind of gained this trust, I guess, or whatever. And now they're all buddy buddy. You're just like that shit worked. Fuck, his, his lack of consideration for anybody else yeah. is what makes him a sociopath. You know what I mean? Like he he literally does not care about the girl, the mom, anybody. And he anytime he sees something that gets in his way of his fake life, it's all fake too. He wants to create and manufacture this fake ass life. life. Yeah, but it's not for the purpose of actually having the perfect life it's because he sees that's what thing it's like american psycho right he doesn't actually like the band he mm-hmm. just sees that other people do so to him it's what's good and i think yeah. that's the same case in the stepfather where he sees the ideal family and he thinks that's what perfection looks like even though he doesn't care about how it feels he yeah. doesn't ca- care about the feelings you get from having a good family he just wants it because that's what he visualizes and it's all this you know mental disturbance that's going on with whatever happened to him when he was a child or whatever but it, I, I just love how yeah he sees that he doesn't want his daughter to like bond with him he doesn't care he just mm-hmm. wants it to look like that yes. you know yeah. what I mean exactly. so he kills this this guy because he got in the way 
no, a complete disregard for other people's lives mm-hmm. is what makes this character awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> it's pretty it's nasty. Crazy. I always thought it's that, like, crazy, dude. every time I'm watching that film, though, it's like, okay, the, the psychiatrist goes there, you know, to that place, mm-hmm. obviously prying a little bit. And, you know, it is very risky for Terry O'Quinn, the stepfather, to kill him because he doesn't know that the psychiatrist hasn't told anybody he's going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. So if he goes there, <clears throat> yep. right, and doesn't go back to work, like, obviously there's a direct link there because he literally was working. Like, he was a realtor or whatever. So mm-hmm. th- there, ha- there's a direct link to him. Right What's there. up with these mofos hiring people without a fucking realtor license or a doctoral for being a psychiatrist? Like, what the fuck's but, but going that, on with that, this? We, we don't know. That for one, in this situation, we don't know that he doesn't, right? He could have done that years ago. Um, but we also don't know how he faked it, how he got but like in the in the psychiatrist thing, well, the only people that think that he's a psychiatrist are, are the neighbors, local ladies. So. Yeah, the local <laughs> yeah, but he like fucking opens a practice and shit, it looks like. That's one thing uh, well, that they a do. local practice. I mean <laughs> Th- that's one I mean, thing that they do touch on in the remake actually a little bit is yeah. you know the fact they push it with you know his social security number and you know filling out the forms so he doesn't have yeah, to pay yeah yeah and i think table. it was time to finally do that you yeah. know that's one thing that the remake does do well but, um but, but but it is so but it's so obvious though like if you're an employer and you're already kind of suspicious of, of, of this guy at this point you're like hey you know fill out this forms you know so we can actually pay you for real kind of thing mm-hmm. and then he quits just out of the blue like mm-hmm. obviously the connection is there like you know, yeah. you're quitting because you don't want to feel that you're hiding something. You know, it's yeah. so blatantly obvious, right? Like, because he had a good thing going for him. He was making sales. People liked him. There was no problems at work and stuff. I don't know. It's just now, now the um, easy to figure out. The the one thing that is uh, you mentioned with the way that he kind of leaves a trail all the time. I think that you know is probably why he doesn't succeed in doing this mm-hmm. you know because he he isn't perfect he he and makes he really, mistakes and he really sucks at fighting back like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't even try he just fucking yeah. gets beaten to death yeah he doesn't put up a fight nobody in these films put up a fight yeah it's just uh fuck I don't know. Yeah, man. if he had it, if he, takes, he had a takes two a lot by of four, he would have fucking killed his whole family. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, step the original stepfather, very engaging movie. Like you're into it right away, and it keeps you enthralled and into the movie all the way up until the end. Yeah, it's got a really good pace to the film. It doesn't fuck around with backstory, unnecessary shit. The only major flaw it has is the subplot with the with the brother who's trying to get revenge because it literally goes nowhere it's kind of fucking stupid if that wasn't in there you're talking about a movie that's 80 minutes long yeah and would have just been perfect exactly perfect well not perfect perfect is like a 10 out of 10 but i'm saying like like the ideal pacing running time Mm -hmm. content yeah gotcha yeah and i love the scenes where he just like goes full berserk and doesn't hold back and other people are like what the hell like when he finds the girl like kissing uh his boyfriend and stuff and uh accuses him of rape and shit like it's it's like wow like you get the to funny, see these little glimpses of the psychopath. funniest moment in the entire franchise when he, he, he opens up the door and he's like this little punk raped my daughter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so over the top because that's so not what happened 
you know, it's, it's also it's also very interesting that mentally he doesn't just move on when things fall apart. It's like a process. He must kill the people that he set up the life with because they didn't work out, and so yeah, therefore so can't they're just- not to live you can't just run away yeah it's very but he does he plans it out every time he just doesn't plan on leaving he has to kill the people and then leave yeah it's when he quits his job you know shit's gonna hit the fan like because he could easily just bounce out once things get rough but for whatever reason like he can't you know he's so fucking smart and stuff and i think it's in this one where yeah where he calls himself hodge but she doesn't she call his work right like he quits his job in the remake well, no, that happens. The in the, I know, but it happens in this one too. It's the same. Oh yeah, yeah. See, they all fucking blend together, bro. So, yeah, they do blend together. Like, so he quits his job, and he hasn't been there for like eight or. And then she calls him on it. She fucking calls him on it, right? And he's like, "Oh shit, yeah, I got this new, you know, uh, front girl, and you know, she fucked up, blah blah blah, and you know, but like, you know, for somebody that's kind of planned out everything and shit, wouldn't you ever think that maybe she might actually call one day to work? Well, maybe? here's the thing, right? You know, kind of bust you like that. That's that, a tough one. Like. I think that when everything's going well, he's very calculated. Mm-hmm. But once things start to come unraveling, you know, once they start to unravel, that's when he loses track of the what's important and setting up, you know, fail safes and all this stuff because he's mm-hmm. in a panic and he's anxious. I and always well, that's what most one track they're in a panic. I always saw it as as an excuse, right? Because at, at this point, he's quit his job. He knows what he's leaning towards. He's going to kill his family. And if she ever, you know, kind of calls him on shit, it's just more of a reason to do it right then and now. Right? And that's mm-hmm. essentially what happens. The second that she kind of calls him out, he fucking <laughs> mentally snaps, and that's when it happens, right? He makes mistakes. Right? It just it just fucking happens. And so it's almost like in his mind, it's a psychological thing. It's like, you know, if she does call me on it, I guess that's when game over for that bitch is. You know? <laughs> so Time to cancel the subscription. That's the way I kind of saw it, so but- I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean the the end scene pretty good. You know, we you have like this, he's this dead. battle. That's some bullshit. I agree. I agree. He's dead. <laughs> it is all. good. You know, and actually, well, since we're into the third act here, there's there's a scene where, uh, um, you know, Jill Sholin's playing a 16 year old in the film. She's actually 23 in real life, and um, which I talked about on the top of the show. Yeah. But there's a scene where you know she gets into the shower and you get to see her ass and her tits and stuff and. And is Jeremy, it morally wrong? Is it morally wrong? Because she's technically of age. We know that. But yeah. she's playing a 16-year-old. It's this, like, awkward argument. Mm-hmm. Right? Because in the film, like, she's 16. We see her as 16. Yeah. Like, that's what she is. She's 16-year-old, 16-year-old's <clears throat> old to us. And we're seeing her yeah. naked. It's such a fucking weird thing. Like, I don't know. How do it you separate yourself? I, I mean, it's And they do that in uh, The Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, too. You see it in films all the time. That yeah. This is why they cast older, so they can do things like yeah, this, yeah. right? Obviously, yeah. a sixteen-year-old wouldn't be able well, to show well, here's it, unless thing, it's seventy-six. Right? Here, here's right? the reason why it doesn't matter because she doesn't look sixteen. No, the casting in this film is so bizarre. Like I said before, uh-huh. like the age differences between the real members of the cast, like like I said, Joel Schillen's twenty-three and uh, Terry O'Quinn's like thirty-five or thirty-six. It's so fucking weird. And the mom is like thirty-nine in real life. Well, that would make them fifteen and sixteen, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's very very odd but yeah, prevalent but, in films like this to, to cast like that but uh yeah man but at least we got i mean honestly dude i kind of put it on the back burner and i'm like i got to see jill shoulders titties and yeah, they're pretty nice too it's okay i always i always thought that she was super hot 
I wish she had done more films. She's got a little bit of a hotter Angelo look to her. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings? Sure. Jeremy, go. Eight out of ten. JP. Uh, yeah, you know, I kind of debated on on my rating. Um, I've watched and rated this film in the past. And uh, this is probably... i seen it when I was a kid. Kind of forgot about it. Seen it again when I bought the DVD a couple years ago. Really, really enjoyed it. Still enjoy it just as much. I don't think I like it more or less. Um, probably about the same as I always have. Some movies you watch and you're like, wow, I like that even more. But I think I, I still just feel the same about this one. So I'm not going to change my rating. Uh, coming in at an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm also at the exact same rating, 8 out of 10. Um, yeah, dude, I just I think that the, the subplot is a big no-no in the film. And I think that's what really kind of hurts my rating. I think without that, I think it's probably a 9, you know. I think yeah. it's scary enough. It's got some great imagery. The acting's brilliant in the film. Uh, Jer- we did, you know, we kind of mentioned the score, but the score is really good in the film too. There's just a lot Patrick of Moles. really good things going for this film. It's a scary idea. It's a scary mm-hmm. idea because you, you know, we grew up watching these masks killers and shit, and this is a everyday type person. That's, yeah. that's scary to me, and that's why I find it works so well. So, yeah, I, I actually thought uh, JP, you're going to come in higher on this one. Uh, no, I've always liked The Stepfather, but I mean, like, I've never, it's never been like one of my favorite movies or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'm curious, have you, you've seen all four of these moods? Yes. Oh, no, I'd never seen part three before. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the first watch. No, never, not any of them. I'd seen the no, remake not, once. I've watched the remake when it first came out on DVD when I was working at the airport. This mm. girl I worked with, we, she had rented it and brought it to work and, uh, she loved it. She loved the remake. And I was like, that was fucking shit. Because I actually remember when the remake came out, I had just rewatched The Stepfather, not even knowing about the remake at all. Like, it was weird. It just kind of spaced on it, whatever. And I'd watched it like two or three weeks before. So it was very fresh in my mind. And I watched the remake and I was like, ugh, what the fuck? <laughs> so, but- I had actually seen three of the four before. Um, the first one I'd seen a bunch, seen it when I was a kid too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one I didn't think I had seen, but I had seen when I was a kid. Um, and then the third one I'd also seen when I was a kid on TV. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't seen the remake though. No, don't let me stop you. Anyway, uh, I think it's time I cracked open this bottle. Ugh. Well, moving along here, man, uh, into two years later, 1989, with Stepfather 2, directed by Jeff Burr. And Jeff Burr's an interesting cat because he is known for directing... Um, Your favorite pumpkin head. Yeah, yep. my favorite. He's known for directing, you know, sequels in franchises, right? <laughs> like, he started his career, you know, he directed From a Whisper to a Scream, which is pretty cool. Uh, then he, you know, Stepfather 2. Then he went on to do uh, Leatherface, TCM 3. Uh, then he went on to do... Pumpkinhead Part Two, 
Puppet Master 4 and 5. <laughs> like, this is just, he's all over the map in these franchises with these random sequels and shit. And he directed Night of the Scarecrow, which I really enjoy that film. That's a fun yeah, one good. from the 90s. But yeah, very odd. Night of the Scarecrow or Dark Knight, Jeremy? Night of the Scarecrow, Olive released it. <laughs> Yeah, really. So he I've has never a, seen. So he has a very odd filmography. In my opinion, I haven't 95. seen. I don't think I've seen anything after Night of the Scarecrow. That movie came out in '95, and he's done a mm-hmm. bunch of movies since. I don't think I've seen one of them. <laughs> it's pretty odd. Yeah, they've probably got worse with. Like yeah. I'm sure Alien Tornado is not great. <laughs> it just sounds horrible. I know. Uh, or our, our, our Frankenstein buddy. and the Werewolf Reborn. Yeah, <laughs> I know our buddy Steve Ferrandino. He's uh, actually good friends with Jeff Burr. So kind of cool thing. That's cool. Some. Yeah. Um, all right. So quick little synopsis here. After escaping the insane asylum in which he was incarcerated, the stepfather impersonates a marriage counselor and manages to win over a patient and her young son. Want some trivia? Trivia. Already? Sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> I thought we always do trivia after the synopsis. I thought we never did, but yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> realize we did either, but we can start. Okay. Uh, when do we usually do it? Usually after we've talked about the movie oh, for half an hour. Okay. Sometimes at the end. <laughs> all right. Let's see what at the end then. Okay. So uh, first of all, I gotta just shout out Meg Foster and her eyes. Oh Jesus! Uh, they're like that in every fucking movie, bro. I Dude, know. What is? It? Are those her natural eyes? Because those shits are insanely cool. Like she has cool eyes. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, it's, it's pretty insane, dude. They so are. Look. Like they're so fucking catching like they're, they're beautiful scary. like I, she, I, I like i think I her eyes are beautiful from, yeah the, she's she's like very distinguished looking you know the problem she's is not with, like hot with meg foster man she did not age well oh i will throw okay. she I looks know, bad oh <laughs> she know. looks bad she always looks bad to me though i never found her attractive i never found her uh, I, her eyes you know she's definitely you know can look yeah. at her but Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I know her from They Live mostly, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's where I remember seeing her from mostly, but in horror. But yeah. So yeah, um, so we also got another cool cat up in here, Miss Carolyn Williams. Yeah, of course. From I love Carolyn to fame. Terry and Quinn, Leprechaun Three, Leprechaun? the best one. Yes, the Vegas one. Terry Quinn yeah. returns, of course, as a stepfather, which actually completely threw me off guard. I. I had always thought, and I'd seen this one when I was a kid, but I, I didn't remember actors and stuff. I'd always thought that it was he only did the first one. I had no idea he did the second one. Mm-hmm. Well, now so I when know. I seen his name pop up, I was like, holy shit. And yeah, so Meg Foster plays the, the love interest of Terry O'Quinn slash Jerry Blake. Gene Clifford slash the stepfather. Um, and then we also have uh, the little boy in this film is actually played by Jonathan Brandis. He's the guy from It um, who went on to kill himself actually oh shit which character is he he's the young boy he's uh he's the son of meg foster in the film no i mean in in it it, you dumbass oh he's the guy with the fucking the list or not the the stutter bill he's the inhaler guy he's holy shit no no the main guy so he plays bill two years later that's awesome yes i like Bill. sad he killed himself yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no shit, JP. Usually is when somebody kills themselves. Yeah, usually not when Hitler did it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I can. Actually, usually, but not always. Damn I it! I can actually kind of relate to that, man. My cousin committed suicide like two weeks ago. 
Whoa, dude. Yeah, way to bring down the show, but yeah, it was pretty sad. It was pretty sad. I didn't, Sorry to hear that. I don't think I mentioned it to you guys, but... No. Yeah, it was uh, pretty fucking sad, man. Um, but anyways, on a happier note... <laughs> Let's talk about a dad killing his kids. Yeah, stepfather. Stepfather 2. Uh, this one actually starts out with a little bit of flashbacks from the first one. More of the end of the film kind of gives you that. Are you guys a fan of that? I've always been indifferent to that sometimes i don't mind when they start off a film with flashbacks of the first one um, well i'll tell you this i hate it every time they do it when we watch these movies for review (laughs) every time they do it i hate that yeah (laughs) it's not these movies like you got to think back though Mm -hmm. i mean this is why you can do sequels years later guys (laughs) this is why because you can just sum it up again if you need to but um exactly no like I, I mean, I've come anyway. to love it in Friday the Thirteenth a little bit, but, it but is that's tedious. just because it's nostalgic. For it me. is tedious though. Like when you're marathoning the films, you're you know you get this recap of the film you just finished five minutes before. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do I need to see that? Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm kind of indifferent on that. It's you know, I guess it's different if you know you're watching the film years later or something like that and spaced out. But serves. I a will point. say this serves right now. This is my favorite stepfather. It's the same fucking movie. It's no different, bro. Yeah, the okay. besides why, the way that he breaks out, it's the same fucking thing. Um, okay, so okay, yeah, at, at its core, any sequel is the same as the last, right? Yeah, it's, but this one really is, though. Well, I think they add a lot of cool stuff in this one, right? Like, I, I like the addition of the younger kid instead of the 16-year-old daughter. That switches it up a little bit, right? Um, I like the uh, the introduce introduction of the um, the uh, what would you call it the step the the real father. Yeah, yeah, you kind of throw that variable into the mix, right? Yeah, that's that's not in the original, you know. Um, I like the reveals on how uh, they find out that he's not who he say he is says he is with Carolyn Williams. Oh my god, that <laughs> the reveal of whose identity he took in this film. Yes, person. It was the seriously greatest. fucking was like, Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, but but yeah, but don't you But that's don't, unlike don't you, him though. Can't you miss see, it? I don't the wrong see color? him doing that. I don't <laughs> doing see what? him doing because he's such a mar- a particular person like he fucking does everything for a reason. But you can also I'm chalk it up to the fact that like realize that he does he didn't know who you identity was. You can chalk it up to the fact that that's not like that kind of person that he would be. But, but do you I think he that. actually researches who he makes his identity? Maybe. How do you he do does that everything in 1989? Well no, they show out. it in the film. They showed in the film. He he sees I think the he just sees the name or some shit like that. Yeah, this and then he like just kind of he literally just picks a name like that. So he did no research technically. But then again, you know, he's insane. But how do you research in 1989? But he's also but he's also convinced that he is smarter than everyone else, and they're not going to figure out who whose identity he actually yeah, took. And right? let's not forget, he so, makes tons of mistakes in the first film too. Yes, that one doesn't seem that crazy of a mistake. No, honestly. But like, to be honest, like to be honest, you though. I would honestly, if I was going to steal someone's identity, I would probably do a little bit of research, make sure they're kind of the same okay, race as me. Okay, how do you do the research in 1989? Well, it seemed like card he was catalogs, a man. Yeah. Card catalogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't think he really had time to do that. But yeah, let's well, just say it, exactly. So he makes this very, very cool escape. But he had enough time asylum. to go on a fucking boat and throw his shit over the fucking side. Well, he had to get off the island, you know, kind of thing. But um, I, I love his escape, though. 
the way it all plays <laughs> yeah. out and shit. It's really cool, man. He builds this fucking house and then he, he just, totally got this psychiatrist tricked as fuck. The man. whole theatrics with you know smashing the thing and oh man, it's it's just a really cool scene. Yeah. I, I really enjoy like how he fucks with this shrink he so bad. He plays him so hard. He plays him so hard, and he just kind of walks. I mean, technically, it's probably pretty hard to do. But yeah, does, very unrealistic. But, but he <laughs> does walk out in the uh, the security guard stuff. So I mean, you know. Uh, but nobody looked at his face. Disconnect or... yourself. Disconnect yourself a little bit. It's still pretty damn cool what he does. I'll admit yeah. it. Which, sure. uh, which, yeah. So of course he he busts out of there and he meets. Uh, he moves into. Yeah, he moves into the neighborhood, right? Yep. And then he opens up a practice without a medical license, and yeah, people start to come. Oh, he he tells his neighbors that he's a psychiatrist. Yes. And they roll but over. But he's that. still fucking. Is he, they're not at his house. They're in an office. No, that's his, his house. No, they're in his house. Yeah. So he moves into this neighborhood, and and uh, he's just like, "Come on over. I'll 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 give you an evaluation." You know? Yeah. Like okay. I don't think these people would be like, "Can I see your proof of medical schooling?" You know what I mean? Like that that makes no sense. Nobody I didn't know it was his house. I didn't know it was his it, house. It completely makes sense, though. I mean, if you're willing to just give people. Kind of you a don't free remember show? the scene when he's looking out the window across the street where the chick is, and he's like sees her uh, husband or ex-husband. whatever, yeah, ex husband rolling, and he freaks all out. Yeah, thought that was his house. You thought that was his office. Okay, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really don't have attention. to make me look. You don't I mean, have, yes, I paid attention. Put it put it this way, Jeremy. I mean, they all fucking blend together, JP. If the if people are willing. <laughs> I agree to get free, you know, kind of psychiatric readings or whatever, people are going to go for that shit because it's expensive as fuck, right? So this guy rolls yeah. into the town and he's offering these, these, uh, you know, these free sittings. Of course, they're going to fucking take them up. I mean, yeah, or even why? discounted sittings. We why don't not? even know. Why not? Right? Now, the, the other, the big question is how does he afford rent in this house, right? Where did he get, like, where did he get money for this? Yeah, like, it's what it, he broke it, out. It's a plot hole. It's it's definitely a plot hole because he shouldn't. He doesn't have any money. Yeah, because he, he doesn't have. That was it. He doesn't have bank accounts because he has no IDs and shit. You can't open up an account without IDs. So <laughs> mm-hmm. he has. We know that, and it's stressed mm-hmm. in the other like throughout the franchise. That it's he, not like he, he has pays in fucking cash for buried everything. treasure somewhere. You he, know? Pays, he might. We don't know that he doesn't, but they don't show us. So that's in the remake, they really stress that, like how much he pays in cash, and you know, it's kind yeah because he doesn't have a card or anything. Exactly right. So it's kind of the thing, but yeah, where do you get the cash? Exactly. Maybe he killed a few people and stole a deposit on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he moves into that's pitched. unfortunate that they don't show you though. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah, it's a plot hole because they but don't show you. They probably they could have do explained. need they do need to show that because I mean the neighborhood that he's living in is definitely not uh, low rent. Yeah, <laughs> you and know? you're you're like even if you the first month's rent, you're still gonna have to put it down a deposit. Oh, exactly. A lot of places first and last month and security to put whatever. It's a lot of mm-hmm. money up front. So yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like I like this one. I like how he. I like the setting to this one. But, oh, one thing that I forgot to mention. I don't like the, the, I first don't like the film, boys over the girls. The, the first film is set on Thanksgiving partially, which nobody ever brings up as a Thanksgiving watch. So That's right. Just that is right. Throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the setting to this one. Um, I actually like Meg Foster quite a bit as as his love interest. What do you mean by you like the I setting love of Carolyn the Williams. What do you what, like about like this? Like just the just so like it it feels it's more suburban. Fucking- than the first one did okay i don't even I don't though there, there's some there 
it feels like the neighborhood's a little like closer knit because you're seeing all these different people that are in the neighborhood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I, I like the well, the setting, the houses. It definitely has a warm door. feeling to it because all the people in the neighborhood seem to know and kind of associate mm-hmm. with each other. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of yeah. There's definitely a lot I, more characters, and it feels it feels just a tiny bit bigger. You know, yeah. with and, a warm and I like the wooing of the because we didn't see that in the first one. We didn't see the process of him wooing the woman. Uh, this film and the next one, we actually do see that process. So it adds something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some colorful bitches. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, all he's, the films he are pretty very, stuff. he's very likable, man. He really is. <laughs> but you know, like again, another theme throughout all these films is, you know, you got the, the one suspicious friend or person. And, yeah. and then in this film, it's Caroline Williams. Like, I mean, she's, Kind of stressing to Meg Foster a little bit, you know, which is another thing, you know, about them moving too fast. Like even in the remake, you know, I've known this guy for six months. I'm getting married, you know, it's a very it's it's a common theme throughout all the films and stuff. But there's this one really great scene in this film where Caroline Williams is obviously a little bit. uh, She's got a hunch. There's something up with this dude. And um, Mm -hmm. she kind of not really breaks into his house, but she goes into his house. He's doing whatever. And mm-hmm. she sees the notebook that he was supposedly taking notes on all the women, yeah. even after she had asked him, you know, are you writing this stuff down? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got, like, you. I got oh, you. Oh, yeah, I got it all in the notebook. She's, all in the he's notebook. like, are you listening to me? Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's all in here. All the notebook. And there's yeah. this great scene where she, go, she you know, goes into his house. He's downstairs and she sees the notebook sitting there. So she's going to check it out. She opens yeah. it up and every page is blank. It's fucking yeah. so haunting. It's a great scene. I love that. Which kind of confirms her suspicions that there's something wrong with this guy. There's something yeah. up with this dude. And yeah, I, I, it's probably my favorite scene in the film, actually. I love that. Yeah, movie. you know, and I, I love that they re, you know, kind of show the, that he doesn't change much. He yeah. still goes and bents in the basement. Yeah, like, uh, it's like, they, it. <laughs> I'm actually, in, in all three of these films, the continuity is actually pretty well done when I expected there to be next to none. Mm. Uh, so, you know, even in this one, it shows his scar. Yep. From when he got stabbed in the yep. fucking heart. That's, I know, which makes no sense. <laughs> I don't understand how he's fucking alive. He's, it, well, it's movie. Like, you get you either roll with it from the beginning or you shut the movie off. Because I would have shut it, it off if I, it I wouldn't have watched sense. any other of the sequels, to be honest with you. But it that's have been a single how film. movies go, right? Like, how the fuck did Chucky come back a bunch? You know what I mean? It's just mm. it's just the way they go, dude. That's horror. That's maybe part I just of- maybe I just wasn't in love with these as much as you were. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I really, really like this one, and you know, so she 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 that's the first indication that something's up with this guy. She's the mail lady, so it actually makes sense that she'll be able to look through the mail, and that's when she sees that there's one a, a letter just to the real Gene Clifford. <laughs> um which oh dude i like okay it might not make the most sense that they would have found this guy's new address this the school or whatever but at the same time they do address it and he says like oh they'll find you anywhere or something like that so Mm -hmm. they are were aware that it's unlikely and they just tried to acknowledge it yeah, at kinda, least kinda i kind of played off as a little bit of a joke I, right i appreciate that because that means a lot more to me than just ignoring it um I, it makes yeah. me more willing to accept it and then when she actually pulls out the like oh dude it's so that's one of the best scene, that's the best that might be my favorite scene in all four of these movies mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just 
because <laughs> I didn't expect. I totally forgot that's what happened, and I'm like, oh shit, he's black. They're all black. It's a whole black school. That can't be him, dude. But it, it's not even that. It's a black school. It's a picture of the basketball team. Yeah, it's all black. <laughs> it's so fucking funny, man. Dude, it's so good. It's so great. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing that I love about this one, I feel like this is the only one that really truly has a great reveal for people putting it together besides that thing, the black, because he kills her, you know what I mean? So she can't let everybody else right. know, but then he gets caught again with, with the, the wine. old Camp town racist song. Oh, I, I thought, thought that was, was with genius. The, the wine too, though. The same bottle of wine. Yeah. The same bottle of wine, but also the, yeah, the he tends the, to fuck up a that, lot in this film, actually. The, the, the moment when he kills her, walks out, and is singing the Camp Town Racist song, yeah. and then the neighbor heard him singing that, mm-hmm. and then He's blind, the, yeah, and then the uh, the sun sings <laughs> like, oh, dude, it's so cool. I like. She didn't pay attention, asshole. You didn't yeah. bring up the wine bottle. I did. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. don't care. Yeah, because Carol, really she figures that, about these she, movies. Yeah, she figures it out. She's like, what? The, where'd you get that bottle of wine? There's yeah. something up there. And, There's something up there. Yep. Yep. And and it kind of wraps up. He dies up in it. the same way. So th- there's one scene. <laughs> there's one scene actually. Right after he breaks out of the psychiatric hospital, um, there's a scene where they show a news report on mm-hmm. TV. And I th- this always bugged oh, me. Oh, and he's movie. in the hotel. Yeah. Well, this always bugged yeah. me about that scene because when you're talking about somebody that has escaped or an you know, America's most wanted. Whatever. Another TV thing. Show. Where the fuck did he get money for room service? <laughs> I think he had someone's. He had wallet. their. Yeah, he had, he had a, someone's so credit card. Probably or, has, or I don't know what. The, I don't yeah, know. the guy he killed. He dresses up. He takes his clothes. Exactly. He had a wallet in there. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, in the car. Um, yeah, but yeah. anyways, he's watching like this news broadcast of this escaped, uh, you know, killer. Anyways, they're talking about his crimes and shit, but they don't show a picture of him on TV. I'm like, what? Do they not? I can't remember. No, they don't. And it's something I have noted, and it's always bugged me. I'm like, so when you're watching America's Most what would be the point of not showing a picture of the criminal that you're trying to <laughs> they catch? They do on the remake. Yes. Yeah, they, that's weird because they do in like the all the other They do, yes. Too. And in this particular scene, they don't show a picture. And I'm like, well, that's fucking did, stupid. Did, did they shut the TV off before they got to the picture? No, it or goes through they? the whole thing, and then he, like, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that, that, that is weird. It That's is just weird. a mess up from the production. Yeah, it's it's like super the, uh, silly because you're not going to have a broadcast and not show a picture of the person. Well, you're there's to catch. no, uh, there's also no reason why they wouldn't. Like in yeah. terms of, like it's not going to hurt the film if they if they actually show the picture, right? It's not like no, there's no excuse for not doing it. Really, yeah. Like I could see if it was like that they didn't want to reveal who the killer was or something. But in this film, there's no point to do that. I don't know what it was. I just, I couldn't get past it. It kept bugging me while I was watching this film. Good like point. that makes no fucking sense. Why they would do that. So I don't know. Just something I would note in there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think the, I think the viciousness and the scariness of the first one is, uh, not, I mean, the kills in this one are okay. There's, they're still a little bit hard, and stuff, but they're not that creative and inventive and stuff like that. Um, I know it's not about the kills, but in the first one, they are so effective, right? Like yeah. the two by four is just yeah, because brutal. it should have been a one thing and done. <laughs> well, I disagree because I really like this film. Yeah, 
I just feel like it felt just as good as a standalone series. I don't understand why they had to keep making fucking three sequels just because it made money. I mean, I understand every franchise what, does yeah. that, but I just feel like this one it doesn't work as that formula. I mean, it. N- here's the thing, right? Like, yeah, the the sto- story of being alive makes no sense, and you're dead in the water unless you. But here's the o- other option: is you can make another stepfather film with a different. God. Sure, that would sure, but at least try and do something different. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, like but they such, did do different things though. I just I brought feel up like a it's just, I just feel like it's just such a, a a simple, straightforward narrative that it's hard to sequelize. See, and you're right; it is hard to sequelize. But here's my thing with sequels, right? People complain if they're too much the same. People complain if they're nothing like the original. So. <laughs> I, just, I, I feel I, like pe- I, people are never happy with sequels. I don't feel like that with that, though. I just feel like they should have just never made one. But you said it was one. too much the same. This they should have just never made it, It's essentially all four films are the exact same. This one, what it does, it, it kind of pokes at you know, his past a tiny bit. Um, you know, it's it's enough. It, it, for me, it's enough to warrant that it's kind of falls in between both what, of what you're saying. You know, it's very much like the original and it's not too far off, you know, and I just, I don't I know, man. I want my sequels to be familiar think, yet slightly different. I think That's gotta, what I want in a sequel. I think for stuff like this to be, you you really have to disconnect, like kind of disconnect thing, yourself right? from the would, story. Would Norman because, Bates have ever got out of the psychiatric hospital in Psycho after killing fucking four people? No. No. Never. This bitch did. But what I'm saying, well, he escaped. Norman Bates was let out. But I'm saying sequels, horror movies usually end with the villain dying. So therefore, there's no point to do sequels ever. But what the fuck, man? They're fun. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm willing to to suspend my disbelief a little bit if it and gives that, me That's fun what they mood. did in this one, too, man. They totally killed him off in the end again. Yep. Right? I, I know. Right? I just and, don't and they care. just bring him back. I mean, obviously, the setup in part three they had to do what they had to do with the, the facial reconstructive we'll surgery yeah. because yeah. Terry O'Quinn was not returning. So they probably decided that after he's like, I'm, he's not mm-hmm. doing the third one. So we can, we need to come up with a plan. Which they definitely did not plan to do a third one when this no, one was, made. no, I think it was the plan. Just was like they didn't him. plan to do a second one when the first one was made, but they that's why definitely, I always say, leave your, <laughs> leave your endings open ended. So you never know. <laughs> they've 100% we're planning on not making one after the third one because there's no question he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> they pulled a Victor Crowley. You know? That's when you remake it. Yeah, you have no option. It's a fucking there. Victor Crowley. Seriously. It's just a wood chipper instead of a fucking airplane engine. You know what? I seen Chucky come back from worse. Yeah. Child's I don't know, theory. man. There's nothing. Wood what chipper and fucking jet engines. Introduce like, a, a young, uh, a young blonde, and have her do voodoo. Stepfather resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Not a young, I should say. Yeah. I do trivia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. sure. With some triv. All right. Um, the makers of the film originally had Kay Lenz and Season Hubley in mind for the roles of Carol. Season no Hubley. Who either of those people are. Uh, Kay Lenz. Let's see who she is. She was in House. She played Sandy Sinclair in House. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. She was in ER That's- and Jag. And Season Hubley. <laughs> she was in Escape from New York. Some other stuff. 
Okay. Uh, Meg Foster almost wasn't cast because of her striking light blue eyes. Fuck you. That's why you cast her, damn it. Um, what? The fuck? Precisely why you cast her. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, several additional moments of gore were filmed after principal shooting on the movie had wrapped. That is because the Weinsteins, after a test screening of the film, complained about the lack of blood and demanded reshoots. Jeff Burr refused, and another director was hired to do the reshoots. In an interview, Burr commented they cut a little bit of the film out and they added some badly done blood effects. Badly done because Terry O'Quinn refused to do it. Really, they were meaningless, so that was irritating. Huh. Huh. I'll um, be damned. Brian Austin Green was originally up for the role of Todd. He was, uh. of course, <laughs> in Beverly Hills 90210. That's awesome. Um, Wait, how did the the Weinsteins make this movie? I guess so. ITC Entertainment. Yeah, I don't know what the connection is there. I was thinking the same thing. Was this before Dimension, obviously? Uh, Carol had a daughter and a dog in an earlier draft of the script. Uh, the film was originally intended as a made-for-video release. <clears throat> uh, Jeff Burr was con- contacted to direct the movie before the script was even written. <clears throat> Hmm. Uh, this film was made in four months and um, yeah it's just stupid shit and Max Reed was also considered as the director for this movie and he directed Wild Thing that's about it so that's Stepfather 2 trivia that's it Hmm. ratings alright uh, I guess I'm up first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Stepfather 2. I think this one... The first one is the better movie. It's all around a better contained story. It's not as ridiculous. Even though there are ridiculous things in it, which we did point out, the inconsistencies and stuff like that. Uh, the Stepfather 2 is more of the same, but I think it's a funner movie. I really do. I have. I would If, I, if I'm going to watch one just for fun i'm gonna watch stepfather 2 over stepfather 1 um first one's a lot more serious in tone it feels like um i like this one i really like carolyn williams i think she's like i have no idea why she was not casted more in horror films throughout the 80s and 90s like she's awesome and uh meg foster's good terry o'quinn is good and and definitely adds like a, a new layer to the character too with um you know more history and stuff like that and the the little bit of backstory we get uh i'm coming in at the exact same rating um although the first one is better it's an eight out of ten yeah 6.5 out of ten you skipped moods (laughs) that's okay that's that's his thing um yeah man uh i used to i used to prefer this one over the original one but rewatching them actually kind of swayed me there was just mm-hmm. certain things about this one, like with the picture. There was just other things and stuff that weren't fully doing it for me. I think that's the problem is when you watch these films with when you're critiquing them is that you notice shit like that and tends to bug you a little bit more. In that case, in this case, it actually did. Um, I still really enjoy this film. I think it's fun. It's more or less the same as the first film, but I find the first one is intention is to be like you know, super serious and scary. And I find it just re- like that opening scene, everything about the first one I find to be scary. It, it's just a scary idea to me. 
Um, that but, that opening scene is probably the best scene in all four movies, yes, though, which it, is kind of it, a little sucky that that's the best scene. It's the first 10 seconds. I know, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it uh, is so powerful that you can't not acknowledge it. But, you know, Terry O'Quinn does a great job, again, reprising his, his role as a stepfather. And it just he's really the reason to watch these two films for mm-hmm. his performance solely. It's just he sells it so well. Uh, it does a great job. In fact, everyone does a great job in this film. I think Meg Foster was actually pretty good in it. Um, even Jonathan Brandis did a good job. I think he's better in this film than he was in It with his shitty-ass fucking uh, hey, you know, kind of stutter that he has. Um, Dude, his stutter's way better than the remake It's. I don't no even know fucking way. That shit is fake Wait, as fucking. It's you, inconsistent. Did you say stutter? Sh- Are we talking about the image in the Not blurry. It remake? <laughs> what? The hell is that even fucking related? Jesus Christ, Jeremy. Get the dildo out your ass. Um... Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I think he does a pretty Nobody good job. Nobody can't take a joke. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck you, JB! Um, it was bullshit. I was on time. Fuck that asshole. 7.5 out of 10. That's what I'm coming in. I figured that's where you'd be at. Yeah. It's pretty much on yeah. par. You know, it's just a few things here and yeah. there and stuff. And, you know, it's hey. still a fun film. It really is. Yeah, I, I, fa- I mean, that's where, like, okay, as people often ask me, or you know, look at me and say, like, you know, fun factor. Why don't you factor that in I'm rating these on a critiquing level and not on a personal level. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's always going to be your personal critique, though, you know, right? Of course. I just don't don't like these movies. So I do factor fun into it, like I just did with The Stepfather 2. But I just don't feel like it, 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 it heavily changes my rating like if i was rating pure on only quality it would probably be a Mm 7.5 but that little bit of fun factor bumped it up to an eight so how how you like you you don't even like the first one at all like you don't you don't find anything redeemable about it but you still Uh, give it an eight though yeah i i think the fact that it's at least somewhat you know, it's the first time that we see the story, so at least it's an original enough idea that I wasn't totally, completely zoned out and not caring about anything that was going on. Mm-hmm. I just feel like as the sequels went on, especially this third one and the remake, it's like I just don't want to watch this story anymore. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm done. Like I was done after the first movie. Like it's fine. It is what it is. I really don't want to see it again. And I had to watch three other movies. Maybe I just it's just a personal feeling that I just. I feel really like you care for get the like that a lot, though. You're not one that wants to see the same thing over and over again, ever. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if we watch that, when we do the Friday the 13th films, eventually, you're literally going to say that a hundred times, because those movies are fucking exactly the same. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they are, like, the first six are so similar, and, you know, the seventh one adds a whole new level, and then yeah, they kind of try different Which things. Which one is on. it the one that's not Jason? Isn't that five? Isn't that different? Not really. It's the same fucking movie. Okay. <laughs> it is. It's just the reveal. Just yeah. The it, the, literally, the, that's what my argument always was, why it's awesome, because it's the fucking same thing. It's just you have a weird ending. <laughs> it's like part one. You're full of crap. Silence is golden, Mr. Thompson. (laughs) 
moving along here into the 90s, oh, 1992 oh with Stepfather 3. And this was actually a first time watch for me. I'd never seen this film before. I don't ever, ever renting it. Nothing. Yeah, it's just kind of an oddity. Um, <laughs> the the one scene I remember more than anything is the la- the final like scene in the the warehouse, no, the with garden. the plants and stuff. Yeah, that 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 scene I remember seeing on TV. Yeah, it's huh. the only good scene in the entire fucking film. So, quick synopsis here: that psycho stepfather has escaped from the insane asylum and and had his face surgically altered. Now he's a, now he's married again, this time to a woman with a child in a wheelchair. He goes on and a killing spree once again. Different, <laughs> well, di- different voice modulation. You yeah. know what, though? Okay, check this out. So, Stepfather 3, Father's Day, uh, <laughs> which is the subtitle that it also got in the home video release. Yeah. Um, the first beginning part, I was fucking blown away that it had continuity. I was like, I had never expected in a million years that this movie was going to try to continue Terry O'Quinn, especially after he died again. Yeah. You know, I had, I was like, what the fuck? And so this scene happens where it's like, actually, first it's of all, real. the first scene is really well shot with it's the real. fog and the lighting and all I that. Read shit. that in, I read that in Fangoria. Let me read this. This came out of Fangoria from the same issue of dead mail um, to uh, avoid the same prompt here. I would just read that. Uh, there was no special effects department on this one inserted magger I knew that in this one I was going to use more suggestions blah 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 but then he talks about how like this is actually he went into the um, here we go surprisingly no makeup FX outfit was employed to execute the close up surgery shots instead Mager went one better by going to fan news plastic surgeon and obtaining permission to film the real thing holy fuck dude I, I didn't know how really fucking real I didn't know how heavy plastic surgery was until the day we filmed in Mager mints but we spent five hours in the operating room with a macro lens getting getting our close ups. I was uh, I was gonna say the effects in that scene were really good, but yeah, uh, that's the magical thing of Angoria. Knowing that they're actually that real, the you gonna read that at? That's actually pretty fucking. That's why they look so damn good. Wow, can't crazy! Get any, but can't get but, any but before that. that scene, even when he's walking on like the docks and stuff, it, the the blue lighting and the fog, I was like, actually, this is really good. Like yeah. the, the these shots. Um, the one thing that I'll say about that opening, so right away, once I realize he's getting plastic surgery, I can intentionally see they're not showing his face. Yeah. He's like leaning down and like the the medical yeah. tables like there in the way. Like I, I see where they're going. I'm like, oh okay, I see where they're going with this. Yes. Um, but when he you know recovers and he kills that dude, that is the worst scene in this entire movie. The way they use that blurred effect. Now, Jeremy. There's more of that. There's more There's in blur there. effect. Here we go. I'm going to read it. How do you it. feel about blur effect? Wait, wait. There's more in this article here. <clears throat> um, so like I said, there was no special effects department on this one. I knew that in this one, I was going to use more suggestion than actually seeing things happen. We don't get shy when we get to the killing and the bloody parts. And the bloody parts, they're pretty graphic, but they're uh, accents in the movie as opposed to its focus. Yeah, that that scene is really, really, really bad there. Um, I don't know how you create a film with no like. How do you, you know, start picture without a special effects scene? Like, yeah, how do you go into it knowing you're not going to have so one? So that just forces you to do shitty film 
filming techniques by blurring out the, uh, yeah. the throat slashing. Yeah. Like, are you fucking Because they didn't have kidding? an FX department, so but they had to come fucking, up with some solution. It's a fucking horror film. I understand that, like, but that's, that's why this ridiculous. movie is fucking horrible. You should that's have why an effects department trash. before you have a fucking director. Why this movie is that's trash. Pretty, that's pretty crazy that they did. Like, that's that just seems like such an odd choice to to roll with that. But Yeah, that's very uh, so, strange. Okay, I, I'm probably going to be in the minority here, but I actually like this movie. <laughs> wow. The acting is literally some of the worst. No, the acting's okay, not. First the, of all, the acting I isn't the worst. The dude, I think the dude who plays... It's shady. Fucking, uh, dude, honestly, he kind of has a similar voice as Terry O'Quinn. He's fucking horrible. He's the worst part. He looks very different, obviously. Yeah. He can't uh, act worth I, the shit. And I'm fine with their bullshit plastic surgery thing no nope. like what like, happened like that they fucking show a close-up of him cutting belief below his eye he would have some sort of fucking scar that's some utter but don't yeah. but don't they always do, like don't plastic surgeries usually not have scars uh like, I, I, like all these celebrities like i don't see you would have at least some but they're not fucking cutting below his eye and they're fucking going deep that's some bullshit i don't well, know you will, you, I, you'll I mean, have I'm scars not, like eventually like I think at first, but I think they fade. Like if you have yeah, a really I good think they, that's shit. the whole point of plastic but the ones surgery. Behind yeah. his ears haven't fade. Yeah. Well, that's a part. That's a. Plot what, what about the one on his that. chest? Yeah, because they actually use that as a plot. Well, that point wasn't too. plastic surgery when he got stabbed. I in know, the but heart. we don't fucking see it in this one. It's Does he bullshit. have his shirt? Off? I don't even know. Does he? I, I thought I don't they're know. fucking no. in the. I thought they fuck at one point. I don't think they show that camera shot though of, but of that. You would assume she would see it and say something about it. Well, maybe, like, oh, what happened? <laughs> I don't think so. That's again, necessary. in this one, again in this one. So after he kills that surgeon, that black market surgeon, he moves into this neighborhood, and you know, again, with what fucking money? <laughs> yep. Well, well, he does have a job, so we don't know that he didn't just have the job and save up money. You know what I mean? Because what did he do? Did he when we introduced to him again, right? We yeah yeah, it's kind of but they like don't sh- they don't show that in this one, um, but we assume that he's been working there for a while because he like knows all the townspeople and like knows the priests and yeah, stuff the like pacing, that. Yeah, the the way they construct this film, man, the pacing is so off. Like you 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 can't really grasp the time that everything is taking place. Like when he gets hooked up with Priscilla Barnes and shit. Like also, it, it just seems like it's been a day or two, you know, and it's been like this you know i guess a short amount well, they, of time they whatever. mentioned it's the weird. time they mentioned so so basically you know that it's easter this one takes place on easter first he, yeah uh, so he's the, the bunny he, he kind of woos her a little bit yeah uh the guy of course her, what gullible bitch her dad her boyfriend her ex-boyfriend comes and breaks him up and then uh a couple of uh days later he's at dinner um, that's the one time part where it doesn't really tell you. Yeah, it's, uh, it, but it it seems I don't know. It, it's like it's something about too. the time stamps in this. It just doesn't work properly for me. And actually, yeah. going back to the boyfriend, that's another fucking odd one that <laughs> really bugged me when I was watching this film. Was so so he kills <laughs> so he kills the fucking boyfriend and just buries him in the flower bed there. But he's never <laughs> mentioned again by anybody. Like nobody came looking for him. Like she never meant like nothing. No, she meant she. I, I think she mentioned that. Uh, 
No, I, I don't I swear she. No, I thought she mentioned. No, he is not. He is actually completely forgotten, which is kind of bullshit. Like someone just kind of fucking disappears at the beginning of the film, and he's not mentioned ever again. Like, oh shit. Well, who would who would mention him? Maybe her. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's well, maybe seems she odd. Thought he took the hint finally of like leaving her the fuck alone. True. I mean, you could roll with that, but it's just, it seemed odd to me, man, that he kept coming around. All of a sudden, he was not around anymore at all. Yeah. You I know, mean, that kind of happens in 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 the in the previous film too. I think with the male. Lady. Do they mention that she's disappeared? Oh yeah, they fucking find her dead. <laughs> yeah. No. I guess fine. that's different when you find them dead. Exactly. Right, like yeah. he's he's at this point he's just a missing person, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, because you know, work would have been calling. Like, where the fucking, where did yeah. whatever his name go? Where did Andy go? Not Andy, but I don't well, know I mean, th- well, he he does make excuses for the other guy he kills. Yeah, um, where he's like, oh, he went on vacation. Like, oh, right yeah, at that boss. moment too, right? Boss, like, right? I love when he actually that part made me laugh out loud today, man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he kills his he kills his boss, gets an argument with him. <laughs> And, I'm sorry. And then, and I then, think the and then he's on the phone, and he's like, "Oh, business already picking up." Um, he's like, "Hey," he's talking to the person. He's like, "Hey, um, you're talking to the new manager." <laughs> like it just happened two seconds ago. He's taking that position. <laughs> Shit made me laugh I, out loud, man. I can't stand the little kid. I literally cannot okay. fucking stand him. I want to punch him in the <laughs> dude, fucking face. Dude, this face. movie is so fucking '90s, bro. Fucking with the cheesy, My dude. God. Okay. What the fuck is he? Some JP, fucking scientist hacking to, into shit? You have like, to admit. What the fuck is you have going to admit. On? So, in dialogue in this film, they stress that the boy, you know, he got into a car accident and, you know, they're oh thinking it's kind of psychological with him because the doctors have proven that, you know, he can walk. It's just he's not doing it kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, right there, I was like, it's a fucking prelude to the end of the film. He's totally going to oh, get yeah, up and everybody walk. Everybody knows that's going to happen. It's just like so fucking cheesy cheesy it's so fucking cheesy man i was laughing i was like oh my god i'm like right when they said that in the film i was like that kid's gonna get up (laughs) he's gonna fucking get up and walk in the end of the film this is so stupid yeah but yeah i mean it's clearly set up like that i mean it's supposed to be one of those inspiring moments there's a lot of convenient like the storyline in the film where the kid is like obsessed with true crime stuff and he's got a detective Mm -hmm. game this is definitely the worst um oh it's so cheesy dude it's so cheesy of the like finding out yeah, dude. How, who he is. The way this the is the worst. Oh, it's so fucking cheesy. Everything about the whole breakdown with the way the kid solves the mystery. <laughs> so it's like cheesy, it's man. like they tried to make it like a family film at the yeah. same time as a horror film. Yeah. Because seriously, like the whole plot with the kid is literally like right out of like like a family movie. It's like out of Goosebumps or some shit, man. Like no, you like, know. It's here's the thing, right? Like that he takes sucks. the picture it of the TV, fucking prints it out. I'm gonna fucking shoot myself. It just, I really it feels do. very. Let me kidding. talk about it, some stuff that I actually like about this. Movie, I really, so. really, really do. <laughs> I hate, I hate that fucking kid. Yeah, I, I, hate I didn't him. hate the kid at all. I, I hate him. I, I think I hate his story. It doesn't make He's, any sense. He overacts like a fucking idiot. I hate it. He makes that. he makes Isaac and Children of the Corn six 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 look like best actor kind of fucking. I didn't even think Isaac was too bad in Children of the Corn six six six. It's everything else that sucked. <laughs> he was probably the best part. <laughs> um, but 
So uh, one thing that I liked about this one is I thought the scene where the kid fuck he's playing football with the kid like passing the football and he falls out of the chair. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, that was like kind of brutal. Like I, I feel like he's like being like abusive to this wheelchair kid when nobody's around. You know, we hadn't seen much of that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I like that. Um, I actually liked the father, the priest. I thought he was pretty cool. How he had his little bonding with the little kid and. It's kind of fucked up to kill a priest too, you know what I mean? So yeah, and th- and that's actually a problem I had with that kill too because that was done I think in the second film, the exact same kill where he fucking or was it the first? I can't even remember now. See, um, they all blend together. Well, I'm just it's, it's I'm, the first film. It it's is the first it, film. It is in the first. Yes. How the right. fuck is this kid some sort of computer genius that he's able to hack into all these fucking because computer here's, databases? Here's what it is. It's the '90s. And because nobody knew anything about computers, they would get away with saying shit like that. And people would be like, oh, I guess, I mean, I don't know anything but about But he literally does it. They just chalk it up <laughs> to being But he literally really does smart. it. Yeah, I know. But that's the problem with the 90s in general is that nobody knew anything about computers. Computers so weren't even movies, that sophisticated to do that shit in the I know, the but 90s. what I'm saying, you're missing the point, dude. What I'm saying is that, that filmmakers, because nobody knew off. anything... They would put this shit in the thing, hoping that nobody would ever find out that computers can't do that. Because at the time, nobody knew anything about them, and so they just assumed that they could do whatever the fuck is in the movie. Well, this movie should fucking exist. It's like like the game itself. He's got like this computer generator, you know, solving these detective things. Scanner. What's up with that scanner? That they don't even fucking. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, they were just making up technology. They were just making up technology. But that's what they did in the nineties. It's fucking all throughout the nineties. Even today, that would be impressive. Yeah, Yeah. but that's the thing. But now everybody knows every. Nobody fucking had a computer in nineteen ninety three. Really, you know what I mean? Like, and and if they did, they probably didn't know much about it. So, you know, that that's why computer in ninety three. I was two. <laughs> I had one. I was thirteen. Um, <laughs> Ninety-two. I was twelve. Yeah, I had one. I did have a Commodore later. I never had a Commodore. Never had a Commodore. No. no. My buddy Billy did. I used yeah, to play playing those floppy disk, game. playing the floppy disk games. Yeah. Oh my god! I used Fuck. to play Lemonade Stand. It was a game that like, <laughs> about selling lemonade through text. <laughs> yeah. So this um, one, this one does have. It does change up the you know the norm from the previous two films. I will give him that where the stepfather kind of kind of you know he's involved with this family, but then he has kind of someone on the side because shit's yeah, not. Yeah, really he's working. already setting up his new life. I thought that was kind of cool, and he's it's yeah. it's actually kind of intense. Like when they're close to running into each other. Well, I actually I like had that. a problem with that. I, I or not with that, but okay. So he was renting out his house to his you know the his mistress i guess if you want to call her that and so i'm assuming that when he hooked up with you know his present wife priscilla barnes she had never been to his place before no she has that's why she's like she I, said, know exactly I know where there it is yeah she that's why she's starting to get suspicious but she kind of tells her exactly what house like read it that exact no, no, moment no. and she and she says like yeah, yeah, I know where that is. Like she knows about it. That's what. That's what led leads her to fucking be a little curious at the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, right at that moment, it's, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't you be like dead set on the fact that he's cheating on you with her if she is living in his fucking house? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty maybe, much. maybe not. Maybe just because I, she figures, oh, she, he's living with me now. 
Yeah. So I mean, I would, but I, like most of these chicks no, in these, it's like, a, it's like to... we're, we're dealing with a chick, a married woman here, man. Her first inclination would be like, yeah, um, you're a fucking scumbag. You're totally cheating on me with this bitch. Yeah, and, but why? Because he rented out his house, though. It's just it seems like he's high. Like there's something going on there, right? Like I don't know. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't. It seems like he might be like my first instinct. Like, yeah, once you start putting together the fact that he called her son that dude's name and stuff, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. then. But before that, I would just assume he's trying to make money and not tell me about it, dickhead. <laughs> um, More because, stuff like, to be suspicious that, I mean, about, I guess. Yeah. But, right. um, yeah, I did like the, the mistress type thing where he's setting up the, the other life and, and things like that. Uh, I actually thought that for, for the concept so of this one. He's kind of sloppy with it, though, too, because, like, he's at the like in the yard and you know he's playing football and they're like having a fucking gay old time you know tickling each other and and then the and then the uh the priest shows up and kind of like single-handedly busts them i'm just like i know but i think it's because she said it's like all the way at the end of the when she was describing where the house was i think you're supposed to believe that it's pretty unlikely that somebody would just show up there you know like you'd be a little bit more i guess it's not like in suburban, like right down the street, you know. I, I don't know. I, I just found like it was it was just so obvious, right? It's like why the fuck is I don't know. Like whenever you're so- cheating, right? Like would you, like I know people who cheat. They don't hide in the fucking basement when they're at the person's house. Sometimes that's the risk you take when you cheat. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I don't. Plus, he plans on doing this very quickly, right? He's yeah. he's ending this one. He's getting ready to kill her. But then the kid comes back home, and he's like, "Oh, now I'm confused on what I should do." Yeah. And uh, you know, he's uh, he's setting it. That's why. Hey, that's, oh, that's why he so, should. That shit is so. That that is so fucking cheesy, man. When he's like, <laughs> when he's watching the what is it, America? Or what, what's the TV show that he's always watching? The true crime shit. It's like America's Most Wanted. It's like the fictitious America's version. Most Wanted, and it, then the fucking the sequel, the remake, does the same shit. America's Most Wanted. It's well, no, they use America's. Much. They use America's Most Wanted in the in the remake, but uh, yeah. in this one, it's like a knockoff. It, it's some weird knockoff and shit. And the scene where they show a picture of you know of of him kind of thing, and then he goes to take a picture, and he's like, ah oh, man, he's like taking a picture yeah. of the. TV. Why is this? Why did this thing end up <laughs> happening? Why is this movie exists? For what reason? I think the first and second one made, but well, you said it earlier. They sold a ton of VHS. That was three years later. Like what? I don't. Well, know. I don't know. Sometimes you have a property, well, that, and the yeah. the property has switched hands. It's Vidmark here, so they probably got the rights, and they're like, "Hey, let's try to make money on this stepfather name." I give them props for trying to make an actual sequel instead of like a reboot. Cause that's a, it's hard. Like I would rather, I, if given the choice, if you tell me there's Stepfather Three, it could be a new guy, or you could continue on. I say let's continue on, um, even though it's a it, like it, it's a new guy, but it's it's the same character. It's like uh, Henry Two, right? Wait, <laughs> yeah, he I'll, I'll he, he says something. He says something in this about that. In this, see, I came a little bit prepared. I marked down what I wanted to say. He says Robert. Whiteman said, I could do a really good impression of Terry O'Quinn, but I, I found that it was interfering with the acting process. That's what he said. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. he was overly that bad. I, I mean, there was parts in the film where I thought, you know, from the act, even from uh, Priscilla Barnes, I thought her acting at times was a little bit shaky and shit. Um, yeah. But I don't think it was as bad as Jeremy was making out to be. 
Like the worst acting ever? I don't think so. No, not the worst acting ever, but I mean, it's up there with dimension acting. Yeah, I mean, the kids sucked, but I, I just think everybody sucks. I mean, the priest is probably the only good character. Um, and the way, oh, I, and the way I actually, I actually like, um, and the way he dies is Priscilla Barnes. She's from Devil's Rejects. I've seen her in a few other things too. Yeah. I actually like her. She's, she's like, um. I don't know. She just looks like mommy. Like she looks like a mom. Mm. You know what I mean. Kind of like her. Mm. At least it's watchable. I like it, dude. <laughs> I, I I agree that it. Oh, she was in the backlot murders too. How about that? Um, <laughs> I, I agree that it's it's pretty shoddily made it's, in a lot of departments. It's super tame too. Like this one, it is. It's yeah, a little, because I, I have this an X, was, because I didn't have an FX department. Bro. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, it's right. a little bit talky. I mean, the the movie obviously runs way too well, long. That is the biggest problem. Way if this long. thing was like eighty minutes, dude, I think it would have been. I think it's way. It would have actually made it a better yeah, movie. Tight, tighten up the shit, man. Just you know, it, it's a simple story. It doesn't need minute. to be. You know, pushing two fucking hours with this Listen, story. It's I ridiculous. Was watching it last night, especially since we we've already the... spent three hours or you know Listen. two and a half hours watching the same story. <laughs> Listen, I, last night I I was watching it and I got to the third act, like the final part, and I started getting tired. So I was like, you know, what? I'll just finish this up in the morning. And I was like laying down to go to sleep and just like rolled over and. Like so much time had went by, and I'm like, I turned back over. I'm like, this shit's still on. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, dude. I was like, holy shit! It feels like it's been another thirty minutes. Yeah. Um. But yeah. <clears throat> uh, ratings. Okay. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. Dudes. Yeah, this one right here, man, is. Uh, I just I feel like the timestamps in this one are just so off. There's something awkward about the way things kind of progress in this film with the with the the love story and i don't know man it throws it's like me watching an italian film they don't do the traditional oh yeah here's a goof after two years of being in the wheelchair andy's leg muscles would have atroped to the I, point I of was, not being able to I walk was, or even I was stand saying that yep. yeah well that's I obvious knew. that's obvious you don't use something it's not going to be usable after a long time um but yeah it's just the running time for this story that we've seen twice already uh, I do like, uh, and I will give them props that they, you know, they put in the continuity into this. That's actually pretty interesting. Um, I totally 100% agree with you, JP. That's pretty surprising. Um, but man, it's uh, it's not great, man. It's very dumbed down. Felt like a TV movie to me. It does, it man. I really, th- I just is I think it a TV movie? Because yes. I'm reading that it was a direct video. I think well, it what says TV movie on IMDb. Then I guess it was. Okay, it was that makes that. Yep. Okay. So that's why I seen it when I was a kid. Guaranteed. Oh, oh yeah. TV movie. Yes. Yeah, so I guess that explains why they didn't have to hire a, an effects crew. Yeah, but this isn't fucking Fox. It's fucking HBO. God damn it. Yeah. Th- it's just. I don't know, man. This one is pretty. It's tame. It's kind of. Is there an extended it's, cut? It's not that IMDb fun. Says an that, hour and fifty minutes. The thing with this film is just it's not that much fun. And it is an hour and oh no, it's like an hour and forty one. It's overly cheesy, is essentially what I'm trying to get to, man. There's so many aspects of this film that are beyond cheesy that it's just laughable. I mean, the first film to me is scary. The second one's more or less, you know, the same. Um, but this one right here just doesn't have that fun factor to it, man. It's kind of almost boring. This one essentially is kind of boring to me. 
Uh, five and five and a half out of ten. I, I d- honestly didn't really care. I didn't think it was the worst film I've ever seen. I thought the acting mm-hmm. was going to be a lot worse, but you know, I do give him props. You know, like I said, with the the certain things like the uh, the continuity and uh, you know some things that he did in the film. You know, with the the love interests and shit. I thought that was kind of a nice dynamic and stuff. But otherwise, not a whole lot here to offer. Five and a half. Jeremy, three point five. Absolutely hated it. It was a drag to watch. It's- <laughs> yeah, I, I actually like this movie. It To me, it, it like gave me a lot of the same feelings as the first two Stepfathers, but in a like generic way. Um, it, it's like a it's like a knockoff brand of the Stepfather. But sometimes I don't mind eating the knockoff brand food if I'm hungry, you know. So uh, I, I like that about it. It, it's, it has like so much of the same stuff. You know, it keeps the continuity. The Camp Town Racer song is is still there. Uh, the like I kind of enjoy the cheesy '90s computer stuff. I, I know that it's not necessarily good, but like personally, I just am nostalgic for that era. I guess. Uh, so that probably factors into this watch a little bit. Um, I love 90s stuff in general. And this really kind of made me feel like... Like, it just looked... Like, even the Easter egg hunt just, like, looked like something I'd seen when I was a kid. And, uh, yeah, I, I I don't mind this one at all. I would watch it again. Um, it is long, but I, I would if it came out on Blu-ray, I would totally buy it um, in a trilogy. I mean, I'd mostly be buying it for part one and two, but part three would be a decent bonus. Uh, I give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Cool. What's all the noise? I thought I could make this work. I can't. This isn't the right family for me. The boy is the problem. He has no respect. You haven't been hard enough on him. You've got to make a boy understand. You've got to break him if necessary. All right, so getting into the remake of The Stepfather, which came out in 2009, which was directed by Nelson McCormick, who also did the Prom Night remake. Oh, damn. I didn't even know that. Let me let me just say this, okay? Ugh. As we extend further from this decade, we're almost we're almost 10 years away now, right? Mhm. Are you starting to feel like the decade had a feeling like it's starting to have its own sort of vibes like this film feels just like prom night which makes sense also sorority row disturbia like all these movies are starting to develop their own feel yeah disturbia this movie's just disturbia yeah it's it's easier to recognize now it's easier to recognize that we're the main black christmas the the especially the remakes you know the 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 those era of remakes jesus (laughs) those era of remakes especially like the mainstream ones all feel exactly the same yeah yeah for sure like the 2006 to nine they definitely have that type of feel to them 100 percent. i think it's easier to notice now when a stranger falls is another one because we're so far removed from, you know, t- almost 10 years is a long time, right? It's, mm-hmm. I think it's easier to pick out, for sure. But yeah, I, f- I feel that, man. I feel that. They all look sleek, is the word I would use. That is true. So, the original rating on this film, uh, for, I guess, theatrical would have been, P- it's PG-13. 
correcto, and so it shows. Say that it definitely does show. Um, what ver- did you guys watch the unrated versions or did someone? No, I watched mention- theatrical. Okay, so I think I probably know what the difference is. You said there was like forty seconds different difference mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm pretty sure I know what they probably cut out of the probably the kid in the beginning. Yeah, probably in the opening scene. Yeah, because when they I watched the unrated director's cut. Okay, so we'll get into the synopsis. Well, we don't really need a synopsis, do we? But anyways, Michael returns (laughs) from from military school to find his mother happily in love and living with her new boyfriend. As the two men get to know each other, he becomes more and more suspicious of the man who is always there with with a helpful hand. Um, so this film right here starts out with a homage to the original. Uh, stepfather film it has you know of course um the stepfather in the bathroom they do not show his penis in this one because it's pg-13 and he's transforming he has a beard and he's doing the shaving thing and stuff and it's actually quite an extended scene it kind of it's almost too long in this one i don't know what it is but it just doesn't work as well as the as the original film um i think he does too much stuff they kind of prolong the whole scene but uh, when they go to when they go downstairs to you know, and you get to see the massacre, what he has just done to his family. Um, it's definitely not as bloody at all. It's not as disturbing. No, there's but, no no blood. Yeah, it's kind of and, weird. and that that comes to the whole fucking thing that I hate about remakes is yeah. if you're gonna remake it, do it better yeah. or don't do it. Don't do that scene if it's not going to be better. This is a prime example of they did they did not make it better at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they I mean, they pat- could have just took out Amber there, Amber Heard's ass for like eight more seconds and just put in, in the, the gore, and that would have been fine. In the rated version, Chief, or, or Jeremy, do they do they pan around the room? Do they show the the dead kids? No. Okay, so no. that's pr- I, I I picked it out right away. I'm like, I bet you that's what's cut out of the theatrical version. So, in the in the unrated version, they pan around the room, and you get to see kind of close ups of the dead kids. They're not bleeding or not bleeding. They're not, there's no bleedy. blood. Um, <laughs> getting tired but uh, yeah so the scene is it's extended it's not as effective it's kind of i mean we've seen it before uh it's just not as shocking you know the original scene is just it's one of those images that you can't get out of your mind this one is you know a little bit i liken it to the elm street remake where they do the freddy through the wall thing it's like yeah if you're not gonna do it as good or better just don't do that scene damn it just don't do it like how can you watch how can you be a filmmaker and direct that scene and then be like well this isn't this isn't even close to as good. Yes. We can't have this. <laughs> yeah, it's a good exa- um, that's a great this, example. This, yeah. This movie does some things better, more things not better. Did you notice in the original in in the first scene it actually takes place on Christmas? They got the Christmas mm-hmm. music playing, so every film kind of takes place on a different holiday. Yeah, Easter, Thanksgiving, Father's Day, Father's Day and Christmas. Damn, <laughs> hodgepodge. Is that interesting? Hmm. Cool. I mean, it has no feel of Christmas. Besides, if they weren't playing the Christmas music, you would never yeah. know because there's it's summertime. It if they really like, wanted, it to looks do like it's summertime. They would have Camp Town Racers. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. What's your guys' thoughts on this guy playing the stepfather? He's um, not bad. He's no Terry O'Quinn, but he's not bad. When I first watched this movie, I yeah, he's really, okay. I didn't, I did not care for him whatsoever. But this time around, I actually liked his performance. I thought it was pretty, it was good. Like he wasn't trying to be Terry O'Quinn. He put his own kind of spin on it and stuff. Yeah, uh, I think it's just more what it comes down to is just the the script itself. Like they even mention in the film, like oh, he's you know he's overly nice. You know he's too helpful. You know this mm-hmm. and that and stuff. And they kind of overdo it with this character a little bit. I feel like in this one, 
you know, it's just, it's so much, man. There's just so much with him. He's just almost too nice. It's, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's disgusting yeah. in, that, in that act. Yeah. In that I, I do like, I think that they do a good job in this one, actually making him seem likable with like the eldest stepson. He knows right away. He's like, this is the guy I got to convince. This is yeah. the stepson, the eldest stepson. This is the guy I got to get on my side. So he takes him down. He does like the the out the the tequila thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is like you instantly it's feel respected thing. if you're yeah. a, if you're a teen, right? You feel like oh, I'm not lesser than this guy. Like he sees me as an equal, you know. So it's a smart. <clears throat> I, I it's like smart that. writing. It's smart writing because only yeah. you know only somebody that's really interested in trying to bond with you is going to share his special stash with you. Right. Exactly. It's, it's and especially when you're underage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's very, it's smart. And it, it makes him seem a little cool too. Like, okay. Like he's, he's like, although he's like kind of square, he still has a, I did a like the fact that they strayed away from having, you know, they didn't fully, fully remake the first film. They, they didn't use, you know, the teenage girl, they have the yeah. older boy. And then this one, you know, it's kind of interesting in this film too, because the family has three kids, but the other two kids are really not part of the film, especially the daughter, the youngest daughter. Like yeah. she's only in a couple scenes. There's a scene with where, you know, he kind of puts his hand on the younger boy, but the whole film revolves around the oldest uh, boy and, you know, and basically his girlfriend who's in a bikini, like the entire film. I, I have to say, I wish that they didn't. I, I mean, I know this sounds kind of ridiculous. I mean, I liked looking mm-hmm. at her. She was, you know, she's pretty cute. Oh, my God. She, she's cute. She has just a little bit too much of a case of anorexia. But yeah, besides she, that, yeah, she's, she's really definitely too skinny. I, I think you think she's way hotter than I do. But I think she's hot. Yeah. I, I think she was good. Her face. Was, yeah, she's, she's got a, a good smile. Skinny, a little too skinny. But um, I just didn't like I fucking hated the boyfriend girlfriend thing in the film. I wish that she actually wasn't even part of it. I wish that it was dude just looks him. like. The dude looks like Jonathan Tate because he doesn't ago. really bring anything else to the film except for the eye candy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no he doesn't have a lot of issues with it. Like, they don't have this whole subplot with their relationship. It's just she's just kind of there, being part of the story. And I, I just mm-hmm. I feel like she's literally there to be in a bikini and look hot in the film. It's, <laughs> it's fucked. It's totally fucked. It's because it, they're trying to capture that teen crowd. Right? Oh, for sure. Got to have sure. the teens in the movie. Yeah. Um. You know what? This one to me, I think like. I think it starts off good, actually, but I think that it it go the further it goes along, the more like I don't know boring and just like drawn out it feels. Yes, yes. Well, again, this movie runs way too long. They try to yeah. they they it gets a little bit talky at points, and it's just it's kind of fucking ridiculous, <laughs> like how extended some of the scenes are and shit. But yeah, this one runs you know close to two hours kind of thing, and it's like what. 140. We don't need this much to the story. I mean, you can get to the third act way quicker than this. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. What, what are your guys' thoughts with? I, I like the dynamic of having the, you know, the the ex-husband in the picture in this film. You know, mm-hmm. that that's kind of cool to bring him in there. Yeah, yeah. I think it works like, better like in this he, one than it does in the, all the other films. Yeah. But when he like comes that. in, he flips out on him for like the youngest son telling him that he, you know, assaulted him essentially yeah. or whatever. I like that because it, it feels very realistic. Like that's what that I, I know that people would do that. You of know course. what I mean? Yeah. Like I've seen that happen, you know, whether it's justified or unjustified, but it's just the gut reaction. <laughs> there's this, um, there's this like the, the, okay. I, I thought about this. I remember when the part happened in the film, but you know how the dad shows up, at the house because he's leaving town again mm-hmm. to say goodbye to the kids and stuff 
and um, predictable. He, he takes a cab, very convenient. He, he takes a cab there, and of course, you know, one thing leads to another, and stepfather ends up killing him. And so he has to go out to the cab to grab the bags and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't that seem a little bit fucking odd? This guy's on his way to the airport in a hurry, and all of a sudden he's not going, and the cab's just like, okay, man, pay your tab. See, yeah. See you, man. I'm like, give me a fucking break. That's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> I've went out and told cabs that, you know, never mind before. So but it's not that. I, I just when, don't understand if, like, you're in a relationship with somebody. Why the fuck wouldn't you ask what's in all the locked containers in the basement? And why do you always keep the basement door locked? Like, well, they never kind really of a, it's tequila. He's high, that's his man stuff. Yeah, it's the not whole, like there's anything. The whole fucking he, there's like forty he, containers down there. Well, he's obsessed, right? Like he he talks about, and they do bring that up in the film that he's a wannabe carpenter and stuff. So instead of making one cabinet just for his liquor, he made a whole basement full. He's just mm-hmm. got that addictive personality, right? When he's doing something, he's going full full tilt for it, right? So yeah, you know it's explainable. He's not really hiding anything until he kills the father. You know, um, yeah, I, I like the scene where he is talking about his daughter, his daughter's, uh, his daughter and his wife, and he says, you know, uh, Michelle, and then he says Lisa, and they like, I, I always like those moments because mm-hmm. they, it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> like I don't know, they always work for me. <laughs> I think it's the first dinner scene, actually. Yeah, I think it is the first dinner scene when uh, they're talking about this woman that killed her kids or whatever, and. You know, I think the mom gets up from the table and then he kind of mumbles under his breath. He's like, well, maybe they disappointed him, disappointed yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> the son kind of looks up and kind of gives him that look like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. man?" <laughs> That's a good one. But I can totally see like somebody saying that joke, too. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's like uh, such a dad joke. <laughs> you know, overall, this film is, you know, it's it's very similar to the original, but it's not, you know, it's yeah, it's. It's a dumbed down version of it. It's not as brutal. It has nowhere the level of brutalness to like as the first film does. That's what makes the first one so effective. It's just nasty mm-hmm. and it's gritty and it's brutal. And this one, you know, with the PG thirteen rating, the, the kills are not there. They're very mild. It's not as effective. Um, but overall, you know, you know, more the more I think about, it, I really kind of like this guy's performance in the film. I really don't like the end of the film though. Again, they kind of the like, first time that they don't kill him off. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's so down. I'm just like oh, I don't know, man. It's just it screams PG thirteen, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's just ended on this note. Like he just gets away. Like what the fuck? That's yeah. it. Like I mean, unharmed basically. You got you took a fucking piece of mirror in the neck, and that's it. I don't know the ending bug. I don't like the ending of this film at all. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of a, yeah. I mean, I, I think this one does a few things good with like the. I, I think the family dynamic works in this one. It's different enough from the original film to not just feel like a complete retread. Um, but it still keeps the core story elements there. Uh, it just it doesn't do enough to set itself apart in terms of quality as mm-hmm. well. You know, like you said with um the brutality like the kills like it just it, just, it feels like a watered like, oh, down I'm just, version i'm just gonna push a lady down the stairs oh that's a kill mm-hmm. i mean it's it's i mean it is be- kind it's of way killing an old lady it's though. way better like, than part three i do give him props for that it's way better than three yeah i mean it's 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 a movie that like had i seen it when all the remakes were coming out i probably would have hated it like moods did i saw it know? in theaters um uh, 
I did oh, see really? the scanner for I felt like there was too much cell phone. Like, I mean, this was a big thing in the, in this era of filmmaking. Right? Yeah. Cell phones were just... When people had cell phones, they threw them into the films, and it was part of the story. Like, there's a lot of cell phone action in this one. It was kind of bugging me because we just watched three films from an era where there was no cell phones, and also we jumped to 2009, and it's so prevalent. There's texting. There's a lot of phone. And like, there's a lot of story revolving around the cell phone, and you know, my thoughts on the cell phones, it kind of... Plus it date it, it, any I always say this like cell phones date movies cell phones and computers because and these are like the they flippy they rapidly slide. change yeah. so fast year to year that it instantly dates your movie when you're talking about a, t- a cell phone that's ten years old at this point so different completely different well, cell phones of a year ago are dated kind of thing oh and apparently yeah. the cell phones in this film are are very shittily made. Because <laughs> that fucking phone that drops on the they ground were, like, towards the end, back in the day, dude, like, it fucking breaks. Yeah, they're they're th- way more. It breaks into three hundred pieces in that scene. If that was like an iPhone. It would be like a million pieces. But back then, those phones were fucking. You know what? The computer, the computer actually didn't look that dated. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, surprisingly. But mm-hmm. come on, man! That cell phone dropping on the ground and breaking into like three hundred <laughs> pieces. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. That does not happen. He de- clearly doesn't know how to erase his search history. Yeah, I know. And that was, thank you for pointing that out. I have it written down. <laughs> uh, for somebody that's, you know, supposed to be smart and covering up those tracks, you know, very paranoid and shit. Yeah, if you're going to go and search America's Most Wanted and shit, clear your history, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was just so, like, the kid goes on the computer, types in one one letter, and all of a sudden it's like American. And it wasn't Amer- Asian ass porn either. <laughs> yeah, it was America's Most Wanted. Comes up right away and he's like, oh. Well, that's that was easy. <laughs> Give me a break. So mm-hmm. stupid. Uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed this film a little bit more than I did the first time. Yeah, me too. I even told Jeremy, I was like, "Hey, is it weird that I'm actually enjoying this movie?" Yeah, it wasn't bad. I like. I watched it. I was like, "Oh, it's okay." You know, it's 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 the era. It's the film of the era. It's better than some of the other ones that came out prom night i didn't even realize until i clicked on imdb that the original rating on this was pg-13 but i guess you know it makes sense i knew going into it that it was but what's with this uh, guy making pg-13 remakes prom night pg-13 stepfather pg-13 that was that was era that they they were really dumb really dumbing down especially right there man right there right there with the prom nights and the uh, when the a stranger fog? calls, or when a stranger calls, wasn't the fog PG thirteen too? Uh, the fog, which is definitely one of the worst. Yeah, the movie sucks. Yeah. Um, but that's why I always give props to Black Christmas because they they actually add more violence and grossness and gore and incest and stuff to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I don't have much to say about this one. It came out in October, which is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I don't really got much on this one either. It's. I mean, well, shit. This is the fourth time that they've done the same story. Yes, <laughs> the exactly. exact, like we, the exact same story. We, so. we reviewed this in the first three films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, ratings back to Jeremy, I guess. Yeah. Any trivia for this one first? Yeah, we got a few. Um, Terry O'Quinn, the star stepfather, was offered a cameo role in this film, but he turned it down. Damn, that would have been cool. I wish it. Um, I wish it said why he turned it down. That was Lost cool. going on at this time? I don't know. Uh, Two thousand nine. Yeah, I think so. Probably because of Lost. Yeah, it was in its fifth season. Um, that show is huge. Probably conflict, hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. 
probably not yeah. enough money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lost was like the biggest damn show back then, so it's probably getting paid good. Anything else? Uh, a scene in the trailer in which a buzzsaw swings back and forth mere inches away from a character's face was cut from the film for yeah. pacing reasons, but it had already been used pacing in multiple... Pacing reasons? But, <laughs> but pacing it had already reasons. been used multiple in multiple advertising materials before it was trimmed from the final release of the film. Pacing issue? Why don't they cut out some of the unnecessary fucking dialogue and, and make-out scenes and shit? <laughs> that was cringy. The yeah, love scene, really, really cringy, man. Mm-hmm. And I and I have to one other thing I didn't really care like the music in the film, man. It's just that it's that era straight up like radio rock pop shit, <laughs> catering to what they were trying to cater to thirteen year old kids. Mm. Yeah, I don't mind it so much, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's not my thing. Anything else? That's it. All right. Wow. What do you rate? <laughs> I mean, there's a shitload of goobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there is some continuity. Uh, anyway, uh, five and a half out of ten. Five point five. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't mind this one. It's all right. I, it's not one that I'm going to run back to at all, but I, I wasn't bored by it. Better than part three. <laughs> Maybe to, it is better than part three. Yeah, um, but I, I think that, I, like I said, it does a few things in a, maybe a little better or cooler or adds to stuff, but it does a lot of the same, just less good. Uh, but it's still, you know, it's not a bad movie. Like if you've never seen the original stepfather, you'd watch this and be like, Oh, that was okay. You know, it, it's when you compare it that you really see like more of the flaws. Um, I'm coming in at 6.5 out of 10. Yeah. Um, with the PG 13 rating, you know, if you were directly comparing this to the original, this one is just like a straight up thriller in the original film. Yeah. You know, it has the, obviously the thriller, aspects to it but it's it's very horish because it's it's brutal at parts you know you take I the think brutalist the first out of this one, one the second film is the most horror but they all definitely uh, like feel thriller like psychological thriller yeah this um, one th- there's a lot this one yeah this one more so than any of the other ones for sure for sure you know overall it's not as bad as i remembered it to be you know i actually liked i don't even know what the dude's name is um dylan walsh no, not Dylan Walsh. Mm-hmm. Who plays? Is that who plays? Yeah, okay. The plays Jonathan the- Taze look like? Yeah. <laughs> he looks like Jonathan Taze. Yeah. Like, literally. It's yeah. crazy. I thought he was okay in the film, you know, but uh, it's We just, all know it- Jerry was jerking off to his abs. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dumbed down version of the original film. Um, I'm also the same as Jeremy, five and a half out of ten on this one. But it's not, it's not a horrible film by any means. Mm-hmm. So, I figured I would come in the highest on on most of these. Honestly, I like them; they're fun. It's an interesting franchise to do because you're literally watching the same film four <laughs> times in a row. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's That's, very. There's not much variety same. here. It's different settings, people, actors, yeah. and it's minor it, minor differences. Yeah, I mean, you even get to the point in the franchise where they even repeat the same kill with the car <laughs> you know, it's like, what the fuck that just blew my mind Crazy. he does the who am i here thing <laughs> in this one as well yep yeah he does that but uh, yeah that is going to conclude this patreon picked stepfather franchise episode 137 man dude it's crazy mm-hmm. it's crazy man so yeah we'll be back 
episode 138 sooner than later. Yeah, as soon as we work out some kinks. Franchise roundup. Yep, franchise roundup. It's a franchise roundup. Victor Crowley, Children of the Corn, The Runaway, and Tremors 6, or Cold Day in Hell. Yes, that is right. So stay tuned for that one. We're just trying to figure out some kinks on the rest of that show. Um, I don't know. It'll be coming sooner than later. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Jeremy, you want to take us the fuck out of here? Yeah, buddy. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 137 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. So if you want all the man moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash moods 616. And yes, JP has returned to the YouTubes. YouTube.com slash double shot J. Please don't waste an hour on his update, but you should anyway. So let's follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NESRuler22, but I have not posted in six months and have no plan to ever do it again. And also you can leave us an email at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast. Join us on our Facebook page where we do a whole bunch of giveaways and fun other shit. But if you have a foreign name, I probably won't add you. Facebook.com, search for <laughs> 22 Shots of Foods and Horror Podcast. See, the thing with that is if you have a foreign name, that's fine. I look at your profile. If you're, uh, it says join Facebook like two months ago and you have like eight friends, I'm probably going to block your ass. Thank you, Moods. I know my outro is fart worthy. <laughs> All right. Did the Facebook, did the Twitter, did the email. If you have any questions, you can leave us a voicemail and we won't charge you $2. Uh, 724-426-6665. And please, please, please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my for JJ. Patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast thank you everybody who has continued to support the show over the summer we appreciate every single one of you and um we're gonna get those designs out sooner or later i appreciate it again everybody who has you know stick in there with us during these summer months and that should do it everybody for episode 137 of the 22 shots moods and horror podcast we'll be back next week with episode 138 with the long-awaited franchise wrap-up show where we dig into some franchises of films that have came out since we've done the franchises on their show. So we're going to be doing Victor Crowley, going to be Tremors 6, and Children of the Corn. So stay tuned for that, everybody, and we shall talk to you soon. Everybody have a fantastic week, and that should be it. Thank you, Happy everybody. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to Moods. You. And every, all the other fathers, belated. And to all the farts that have come out of Moods' butthole during the show, <laughs> Happy Father's Day. <laughs> That's a wrap.